Hi, you guys. Um, I'm going to do something that I've never done before in the history of me podcasting a show. I'm going to give a disclaimer. So, what you're about to listen to is me and my guests discuss sex and adult themes of Once Upon a Time. Doing this, we do have serious topics, like we discuss the gender roles of men and women. We talk about the LGBT topics, but mostly... We're just giving our opinion on the sex and ideas that we have about these characters. It is in no way a reflection of how we feel about the actors, the writers, or the crew. Uh, We do make jokes, and it's all in good fun. My guests and I have nothing but the utmost respect for the cast, the crew, and the writers. We wouldn't be making the show if we didn't love Once Upon a Time as much as we do. I do feel the need to say that if you're not comfortable with hearing us talk about sex, you're not going to hurt my feelings if you choose not to listen to this episode. Also, it is the opinions of my guests and I. It is what we feel, it is our opinions, and I am completely 100% okay. If you disagree with us, you can totally disagree with us. You're not going to hurt my feelings. In fact, if you want to see it, send feedback to the show. You can send it to hope at twotruefreaks.com, or you can drop me a comment on my blog, geekygirlexperience.com. I just, I felt the strong need to say that this is our opinions, we're just having fun in this, uh, and if none of this is made to be offensive in any way, shape, or form, and we're just having a good time. So yeah, enjoy this new episode of Hope of All Trades. You're the one who added the story to Henry's book. I needed you to know the truth. The truth is you are out of your mind, and you're not even a very good liar. Why not write the end of that story? Because this is the ending, and we're writing it right now. And how does this story end? With you believing. Let's see. Dice, a dollar bill, keys to grannies. She's going to be right pissed about that. Lint and a peanut. Stale peanut. You know what the issue is with this world? Everyone wants some magical solution for their problem, and everyone refuses to believe in magic. Now get it to work. Two True Freaks presents Hope of All Trades, hosted by Hope Molnax. Talking like a man and fangirling like a lady since 2010. Sure you don't have other reasons for pushing me toward Neil? Like what? I don't know, keeping me away from Hook. You think I'm interested in Hook? I'm a married man. What's the name of the place we're headed, Captain? Netherlands! Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Hope of All Trades. My name is Hope Molnax, and I am super excited for this episode. <laughs> I'm so excited. So it's no secret at all on this show that I love Once Upon a Time. But I wanted to talk about some things with Once Upon a Time that not every podcaster talks about. And I even reached out to a few of my podcasters and they were like, no, no, we're not going to do that. Um, And so what I'm going to do is we're going to talk about Once Upon a Sexy Time. And to talk with me about this is my writing partner, my best friend, my fellow oncer, Miss Megan. Hello. So uh, I didn't, uh, I want to just give a little background on you. I didn't put this in notes, but like what, what made you watch Once Upon a Time? And I know me is the answer, but talk about me. Actually, what do you like about Once Upon a Time? That's a better question. What I like about it is the 
the fairy tale aspect, I'm a huge book nerd. I love stories. And um, the fact that they were reusing characters from stories and literature I thought was really interesting. And I've always enjoyed stories where they push all the characters from one story together with all the other characters from another story, which is basically what this is. It's one giant crossover, and I was really excited for that. And once I started watching, I enjoyed the actors and the the cheesy hilarity of it. Now, I will say going into this, this is not a, going to be a family-friendly show. If your kids are in the car, turn this off right now. We will be talking about sex. We're going to be talking about ships. We're going to be talking about character sexualities. We're going to play, okay, before we go into the non-safe zone, we're going to play um, make love, F-word, marry with characters. Um, and so, like, this is this is not a PG podcast. This is going to probably not even be a PG-13 podcast. <laughs> we're going to be shallow and talk about some boys and some hot girls, so we're going to go for it. So um, this is your last chance. Last chance. Get the kids out of the car. Turn it off now. All right, let's talk about sex. We are going to have some ground rules first and foremost, though. In this podcast, we will be talking about the characters, not the actors, the characters. And, yeah, there'll probably be a few times we'll be like, damn, Colin O'Donoghue was hot, like super hot. But we'll be discussing his character's sex life, not Colin's sex life with his lovely wife, because his life is quite lovely. Um, And so I just, I do want to lay down that ground rules, and we're also not going to be talking about any of the kids, because... That's pedophilia. <laughs> All right. So last chance. Ready? Ready? Megan, how are you today? Very good. Very excited. I'm going to be also bringing in more of a an academic look at the sexuality on Once Upon a Time. See, this is why me and Megan are best friends. I'm raunchy as fuck, and she's going to be like, books. <laughs> I'm the ruby to her bell. <laughs> no, that's really, that's really bad, because Ruby's a really classy lady. That was a bad example. Sorry, Ruby but, fans. Well, she doesn't come across that way at first. She Everyone was, she was cursed. She was cursed. Once the curse breaks, uh, she's dressed as much classier. Except for that god-awful fur coat she wore in that one episode. Ugh. She's a werewolf. Yeah, I know, but it was really... It really looked like she had killed a deer and put it on her body and then walked into the hospital. Maybe she did. <laughs> so... We're going to get this ball rolling, and we're going to talk about our top ten hottest characters to us of Once Upon a Time. And this was a really hard list for me, because I had like 20 people on my list, and I had to really narrow it down. And I, we're going to talk about like what makes them hot to us. Oh, are we? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to label them off. We're just going to talk about what makes them hot to us. And we have some, I see on our notes that we have a lot of the same ones, and there is a few that I have different from you. But, I mean, um, this was really hard for me. And, like, what made me kind of narrow it down was the people who really got my nether regions jiggling. I'm not going to the nether regions jiggling. To me, it's more of a confidence air. That's me for half of them. Like, there's a few people on my list that I was just like, yeah, I like you because of your personality, and I kind of fell for you. So let's let's talk about these, okay? All right. You want to start with your first one since it's on both of our lists? Actually, our first three are on each other's list, so we can do those. Yep, and then some of the others in there. Um, so I think the one that is pretty high, it is high on both of our lists, is Killian. God, I miss his old costume. I, I was thinking about that today. Like, I like the whole modern aspect, and yeah, we all did gripe about him not having a costume change for two seasons. But I was looking back at his old pirate coat and everything today, and I miss that. 
I see very little difference. <laughs> really, there's just the length of his coat to me. That's really all that I see that really is different. I mean, he's still in all black, still in tight clothes, still can see his chest. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's basically the same. But so, it's his face that I love best of all. So is that what makes Killian hottest to you is his face? He's beautiful. Like, he's the ideal guy that I always said that I wanted to date, someone who had dark hair and light-colored eyes and had that kind of – he looks like a villain. I'm attracted to that type. He just is perfect. He just looks perfect. He's so beautiful and elegant. I, th- I, I could talk whole... about a music video, but I'm not going to. <laughs> the, music, the Christina Perry music video? Yes. Because it definitely had, you know, we're not going to talk about the actors, but she was wearing Killian's necklace, so I think it counts. And did you know that Christina Perry video was filmed in, the, in Zelina's house from season three? You told me so. I think that counts as talking about characters. So so I got to say, though, uh, it was really kind of fun when I sent Megan this video. Like, I, I told her, I was like, you know, Colin O'Donoghue is in this video, and he's, you know, he's just as handsome and sexy as he always is. And Megan's response was, you did not tell me he would be chopping wood and there'd be orchids. <laughs> yeah, chopping wood, flowers, coffee. That, that's what did it for me, too. I was like, damn. I watched it six times in a row. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. I've only watched it three, but I I had these. Well, I've, I've watched it since. That was just that one night. <laughs> I've had to keep myself away from it. So, I think when it also comes to Killian, it's also that very much that gentleman pirate aspect of that, about him. I suppose, but honestly, I think that part of it for me is kind of not even that, but I like that he's a mantle in distress. A manzel in distress. You want you want to save his manzels? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You actually recently on I'm gonna pimp us out. You actually recently wrote uh, a post for what the fangirl about Killian being a manzel in distress. Yes, and that was um what the fangirl's wording manzel. I didn't call it that. It's a good term for him. It's a perfect perfect term. So he's very interesting to me, not just because he's attractive, but also because of his, I think he has plays a very big role in the gender relations of the show. Is he your favorite character? Who is your favorite character? I should know this. Siltskin, definitely. I hear it in your voice. He's my favorite, for I'm sure. So I love you, I love him more than just because he's hot. Really, that's pretty much all that Killian has going for him in my mind. He's hot. Interesting gender relations, but I love Rumpelstiltskin because he is the mastermind behind it all. So he is my favorite. I agree with you. Like, Rumpel was my favorite until Jefferson came, which Jefferson is on both of our lists. Hey, segues. Yes, he's high on both of our lists. Uh, so I got to, okay, I'll start with Jefferson because he, he was first on my list. I'm I'm very biased to Jefferson. Uh, Jefferson is the reason I watched the show um, and the reason I started because I was actually very anti once in the beginning. Um, I was a big fan of the comic book Fables, and Fables and Once Upon a Time have, like, the exact same premise. And Fables was actually supposed to be a pilot before Once, and it never got picked up, and then Once got picked up. Anyway, um, and so I was very anti-Once. I was very against it until my friend Angel told me, sent me a message saying, Hey, Hope, I just want to let you know on this Once Upon a Time show that Sebastian Stan is playing the Mad Hatter. And I go, 
hold the phone. <laughs> you mean to tell me that one of my favorite actors is playing like one of my top favorite literary characters of all time? <gasps> ah, and then they put him in leather pants. Mm-hmm. God. So many different varieties of leather pants in that show too. Everyone's got their special leather pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all have very special leather pants. Yes, they do. Actually, I shouldn't say they're not leather; they're pleather, which makes them even tighter. So I have to say, I, I actually saw a picture of Will Scarlet in the finale of Wonderland in his final like wedding outfit, and he's wearing blue jeans. He has a really nice, like, very formal, regal, white king top, and then he's in blue jeans. And I was like, Will, Will, you would wear jeans to Alice's wedding. <laughs> I love them. In the show, on the one hand, are beautiful and perfect, but sometimes, sometimes, I was like, I'm like, hmm, what was that choice? Yeah, and, like, there's some, like, the, what I like about Jefferson is he makes, like, his weird costumes where it's like, he has that, like, dirty orange jacket and I'm saying dirty as in the color dirty orange not that the jacket was dirty but it probably was because he was poor but he has a dirty orange jacket which would look so off on anybody but it really works on, on Jefferson because of the fact he's mad and he a lot of it is his confidence and his swagger like he is a very like swaggery character he has a lot of charisma like I, I, I just one of my his hottest moments to me is when Regina had summoned him with the with the card, the the playing card, and she's like, well, would you like a drink, Jefferson? And he just stares at her and just drops the card in the drink. He doesn't say anything, but that was, like, super uber sexy to me, and I was just like, oh. um, I I will say that a lot of my feelings for Jefferson does come from my, my love of Sebastian Stan. I've been a big fan of him for years. But Jefferson as a character, I really, I I like characters that have a lot of, like, puts like charisma and and very confident characters as we were saying at the beginning of this like confident characters are great but he's also a very sympathetic character too and i just really just want to wrap him up in a blanket and love him yeah my sexiest for him definitely everything that he does in that first costume with the dirty orange coat Mm, so hot oh and And, and then even then when he takes it off he has that like paisley undershirt but it has that tight leather yeah. vest on the top of it and then he has those tight <laughs> pants and that his ass is great jefferson has a nice ass and then i just okay we're not talking about actors <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to catch me on this roll a lot megan and then and then all the stuff with him tying people up and being he, a criminal he can, tie me, he can tie me up any day I suppose. Oh, and the guy liner. Guy liner. Guy liner makes half of the show. <laughs> it's very important. Though, now that Killian's a good guy, he doesn't wear as much guy liner, which I think is interesting. My buddy Bill Meeks um, from Greetings from Storybook, that was like the first thing he ever noted about Killian's costume change. Married straight man Bill was like, I don't like Killian's new costume because he doesn't have guy liner. <laughs> I know his eyes aren't so like dark and brooding anymore. Yeah, he's got to be. They should put that eyeliner on Rumple. <laughs> yeah, we well, probably got some, just a subtle amount. No, they need to put like really thick, heavy, dark eyeliner on him because that that would like he's having a wait. Have you watched the new episode? Just so I know. No, I didn't watch it yet. I didn't watch. Yeah. Cool. I, I just wanted to make sure. Like, and just his path in this whole like Bell thing. Like, he needs some like dark eyeliner and some My Chemical Romance, and I can make that joke because that's my favorite band. So. So anything else about Jefferson before we move on to the next person? They just need to bring him back. 
<laughs> They're not ever going to bring him back, but they need to. It moved on to greater guyliner. <laughs> it went on to the Bucky Marvel guyliner with Captain America, who also has a great ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so we both also have David on this list. Okay, now when I said about confidence, and it wasn't so much about sexiness, but about confidence, or like, oh, he's just beautiful, too. I mean, it's just, <laughs> he's so pretty. He's just pretty. So much blush and lip stain. He's just beautiful. But the thing is, like, I've seen pictures of Josh Dallas without, like, not as charming. Like, his lips are naturally kind of rosy and pink. Like, that's his, like, natural lip color. He could still wear lip stain. Yeah, he, there's definitely some lip shade on that. Like, my my charming thing is I always thought he was cute and stuff, but the first time I was just like, oh, damn, I think I just had an orgasm staring at him, was in season two when he's down in the mines in the wife beater, and you see him, and he's in the arm. Like, I'm, I'm very much an arms girl. Like, arms are just so sexy to me. Like, you could, like, I, I love arms. And so when he was just charming, was flexing that axe, and he, like, winked at Henry, and it was like he was winking at my uterus. Oh. Yeah, that was pretty painful to watch. Because pretty it never painful? happened again. Painful because it never happened again. He was just so beautiful. God, yeah, I just, I need more arms charming. Like, they always film when it's fucking cold outside, and I want them to film in the summertime and have a beach pool party so all the guys can have, like, no shirts, and all the girls can be in two pieces. It's going to be beautiful. I need it, show. I think the great appeal for me for David is just that he's so... I would say he's the most untainted-looking guy in the whole show. And that he just has this open-hearted beauty about him, and there's no darkness. Snow is darker than he is. Like, he is the most light person, I think, in the show. And, in but, and I'm kind of like a flip side, like, uh, just because I... I admire Josh Dallas's uh, like um, ability to act, and then this isn't on either of our lists. Um, but his his alter ego as Prince James is really great too. I mean, he's he can play both the dark and the light, and both are equally as sexy. He is on my list. Thank you very much. His James is on my list. Oh, he is. He, yeah, David's brother lol. <laughs> yes, his evil twin. But this isn't a soap opera, so his brother. This is such a soap opera, don't even. <laughs> he is gorgeous. He is gorgeous. My fiancé and I were watching the episode wherein he appears with Jack, and he said, wow, who's that guy? And I was like, is that David? And I said, no, it's his brother. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say it in that voice, that whole, no, it's his brother? Okay. When he's sitting in that windowsill, I've had a horrible memory for things, but I remember when I saw him all in black leather sitting in that windowsill, and I was like, oh, and my in God. And his, like, beautiful shaven chest and his, like, plunging V-neck shirt down to, like, almost his nipples. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, see, I think that's the difference between, like, like David and James. Like, David is, what, I, what I'm attracted to David about, like, he's a good husband. Like, that is husband material. Like, I would marry, I would put a ring on that, Beyonce, that sucker in a heartbeat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, but James, like, that's, like, go to the club, see him, one night stand, fuck him hard material. Like, throw him down and ride him till the night ends kind of material. Damn. Ugh. Good job, Josh Dallas. <laughs> I just think I just think about the fact that like 
Raphael Sabarge follows me on Twitter, and he's just going to be like, oh, I'll put up a new podcast. This looks interesting. It's once upon a time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Unfollow. Hey, we are healthy adult women. We have sex drives. Yeah. Women have sex drives. Well, stop talking about the actors. Hey, I'm good job, jeans, parents' jeans, for making beautiful children that grew up to be handsome and beautiful. So we have those three knocked out of our list. Let's talk about... Oh, I did put Ruby on my list, and you do. Actually, we have another one on our list, and let's let's switch it to the ladies. Let's talk about Regina right fast. Oh, Regina. Uh, a lot of hers is, I think, her costumes for me. And that, that that's not saying anything against uh, Lana, because Lana's gorgeous. But, like, it's the whole confidence thing. Like, when the evil queen walks into the room, you're, you shut up, and I... I will listen to her any day. And they, they just make her look so gorgeous and beautiful and regal and just sexy. Like, like Regina is just, a, even in a lot of her power suits, like, she's still very sexy. Oh, yeah. It's, to me, it's the swagger, it's the confidence, it's the boldness. She's one of the most powerful characters in the show. And woman power is just a big thing in the show in general, but... She just is one of the most powerful, and that, to me, that is, yeah, definitely sexy. And, God, I want, like, half her costumes. Just to just to oh, run around and role-play in. <laughs> yes, I love her. Talk about leather. She also has her leather pantsuits. Oh, in, um, and they, they make her look so flattering, right. too. Because, like, a lot of times, like, women in leather, it could either be bad or good, or it could be skanky. <laughs> but, like, the way they make her costumes, like... Lana or Regina always looks amazing in all her. I, my, I think my favorite actually outfit of hers, and it's actually probably one of the sexiest to me, is like her her black pants riding outfit, and it has like a red coat. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> so I gotta say, uh, the the costume designer is very fascinated with breasts, I guess, because even Maleficent has had some boobies, and so did the Ice Queen, like the Snow Queen, had some boobies. Movies out there. Part of the reason my fiance keeps watching the show. <laughs> yeah, and um, as I as I plans to mention later, it's unfortunate to me. There's a lot of boobage in this show, but not enough Manchester. It's unfortunate. Because I, I like boobies. Boobies are nice. Beauty, boobies are beautiful. Oh, yeah. yeah, and women's bodies are gorgeous. Um, I should probably lay this down. I'm bi, <laughs> so like I'm very equal on both of these realms. I do tend to lean, lean towards guys, but I love women too. And so I'm all up for the boobies, and they're beautiful. But at the same time, I need some more man chest other than Christian Grey running around. Yes, we need equal opportunity beauty, for sure. Yes. I equally, I so agree, but I, I, I do say a lot of Regina's sexiness is her, her confidence and her air and her ability to, like, walk into a room and just silence everyone. Oh, yeah. So some of her hair could be better. Like, sometimes, like, they do her hair, and it's, like, weird. Uh, it's like it's, share. Yeah, it's a forest style, unlike anyone else in the entire Jane Forest. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, looking through the list. Okay, I really want to talk about this one. <laughs> I got to talk about him. He's He's been my recent fave lately, and he's very much one of the few reasons I'm still watching this show. Um, I want to talk about Will Scarlet for a second. Try, try not to hear Megan judge me. He's on my list, too. He's lower on there. So my thing with Will Scarlet is um, I I'm a huge fan of Wonderland. I miss it dearly. I to me it's the second half of Wonderland 
since Oz is still the better of the two shows. Um, it's it's great. You need to finish watching it, Megan. Uh, <laughs> I I will say like I wasn't when I see you when I when you first see Will, he's not like your Captain Hook, drop dead gorgeous, like right off the bat. Like you know, he's not like he's one of those that it took time for me to go. Man, he's handsome, and I always think of Rory. Uh, from Doctor Who when I think of Will. And Amy was talking about Rory one time, how when you see him, he's not like, you know, your run-in-the-mill, like, gorgeous, model-looking guy. But as you get to know him, he quickly becomes the most beautiful person in the world. And throughout Wonderland and that journey, we see what a good friend Will is and what a lover he is. And he is a damn good lover. And he would do anything for the people he loves. He sacrifices himself so many times for Alice and so many times for Anastasia and for Cyrus and pretty much carries Wonderland. And, uh, I mean, and so, like, I I fell hard in love with Will Scarlet as a character. And now to me, because of just who he is and his personality and what a great lover he is, he's one of the sexiest men on the show. Um, I I I would love to have a lover like Will Scarlet because I think he is a good lover. I think he's a hard lover, and he will love you with every fiber of his being. Are you clapping for me, you bitch? <laughs> I, was, I was snapping. I was snapping. Oh, you were snapping. I thought you were clapping for me. Like, yay! You had a speech. No, no, I was snapping. I agree. Why were you snapping? This isn't a '90s coffee house. Well, hey, 60s. 60s started, I guess. But anyway, what I mean is that um, I agree. I think that he is a very honest character. Um, He's the smartest character in the show. What was that? He's the smartest character on the show, except for maybe Rumble. It's not intelligence. It's real-worldness. Neil had it, too. I will totally (laughs) agree with you on that one. Neil Neil and August were both just, like, geniuses compared to the Charmings. And and Emma had it, but she's lost it because she's become enchanted forested. And I miss season one, Emma. Ugh. Well, and so he's still he's one of the only ones that still has that real world practicality about him, and um, so that makes him very endearing because of that. It's, it's funny to watch the way he interacts with these people who are clearly still in a world that's not their own. They don't understand how things work. And understand how like real world emotions work. It seems it's very strange. Um, I like I love the part in like the one of the few moments of four A I actually loved is like when he's talking to Snow and she is like I can have you arrested. He was and she's like Wait, is it David? Did David set all this up to release you and everything? He's like, Will that get me out of jail? Yeah, yeah, he did it. <laughs> like that was just like. Come on, Snow. You're smarter than that. Good job. Good job, Will. You you got out of jail from using your brains. Yeah, and so I do like that practicality about him, but on the other hand, for the same reason I don't like him as much. Neil is one of my least favorite characters because he didn't ever join in the fun. Like, to me, what makes Once Upon a Time so great is it's so fun because it's so ludicrous. These people making these totally ludicrous decisions the thing that just blew, I keep speaking about my fiancé because he's a very good outside observer. Emma was like, oh, I know, we need to hold, we need to make Regina really angry so she'll overcome the good magic in those bracelets and then we'll be free. What? <laughs> <laughs> but it worked, and that's what I like about the show. It's just very, 
it's fantasy. It's it's unbridled fairy tale fantasy. And Will doesn't really figure into that, and Neil didn't really figure into that. So the problem with Neil was he's a '60s beatnik historical figure stuck in a fantasy world. Right, and I think that was funny, but it, he didn't, he wasn't my favorite. And Will is better. He's not quite as much of a stick in the mud, but. So if I don't figure out why he's not the White King of Wonderland and where Anastasia is, I'm going to throw a hissy fit soon. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> but I do love Will's honesty, and he just, I I, I want a Will Scarlet. I have to say off of everybody on this list, except for maybe David, I think he's probably the best husband material. <laughs> oh, God. None of them. None of them are husband material for me, but... None of them, David? <laughs> No, he is boring as hell. I couldn't remember David. <laughs> he's a face, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's very nice. He's very nice. I don't I'm know. saying he's fine husband material, but not for me. I don't know. I also have in my on-room mentions uh, Archie, uh, and I think he's the other one that's really good husband material. If I was closer to Archie's age, like that would be very good husband material to me. Yeah, I don't know enough about him. That's true, because they... They don't care about their minor characters anymore, apparently. But yeah, my list, David, Will, both best husbands on this list. Uh, why don't we go to one of yours? Uh, let's go to, I own, well, you both have August, too. Uh, why don't you talk about uh, Rumpelstiltskin? Oh, my old man crush. I know we're not going to talk about actors, but he's in this movie called, um, well. The Full Monty? No. <laughs> no, but is he, he's in that. Yeah, he's in Full Monty! <laughs> you didn't know that Robert Carlo was in that movie? No, I did not know. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Though I will um, say, while we're talking about actors, I found out recently that Michael Saka and Robert Carlyle are in a movie together called Summertime, and it's on my Hulu, and I just haven't had a chance to watch it, and I'm going to die. <laughs> Continue. Um, it's called... Mr. Saka, if you ever hear this, I'm so sorry now. <laughs> Please don't unfollow me. We're being, we're doing this for, we're doing this for laughs. Not to say that you're funny, because you're very sexy. Go on. Ravenous. He's in Ravenous. He plays Rumpelstiltskin, basically, under different circumstances. Super cool movie. But anyway, I just, I love the character that he plays. He's vulnerable. So vulnerable. So powerful. And Rumpelstiltskin is, I mean, even though I says he's a coward, but I don't think he's a coward at all. Even though they keep pounding away at how much of a coward he is, he's not. I mean, you think he's he's cowardly in the regular hero sense of the word, but heroes are notoriously not smart, and he is, and I think that's what makes him appear cowardly, but he isn't. I mean, I was slow to watch, um, catch up on once, and when I watched the episode where he broke his own foot to stay out of going to the Ogre Wars, I was like, that is not a cowardly act. In my mind. I mean, that takes some serious balls to hit yourself in the foot with a hammer so that you can stay home with your family. And it wasn't because he was afraid of the war, you know? I mean, it was because he was afraid... Because he loved his family so much. To me, that is a very strong and true and not cowardly emotion at all. So See, I prefer Rumpel over Gold. Um, I think I love Rumpel... Yeah, and, and I think a lot of it is the actual characterization. Like, I love kooky characters. Like, I think, like, off-the-wall kind of, like, kind of like Loki-like characters. Like, that's what makes Loki so sexy is, well, it's Tom Hiddleston. But also, <laughs> he's that, that, like, 
He's very charismatic. I don't, charisma, like, is everything for me. If you have confidence and charisma, I'm yours. I don't even care if you look like a paper bag. <laughs> I'm yours. You can have me. Him and Rumpelstiltskin, definitely sexier than Gold. But to me, they're the same person. One of them is just buttoned down. But and, and Gold has some really nice suits going on, too. That's made him look very handsome. Not the Beauty and the Beast suit jacket, though, because that was cheesy and corny, and I really hated all that. Sorry, Rumpelers. Yeah, I hate when they go full Disney. They were like, hey, let's do this scene. And they're like, okay, I think there's a costume store in town. Let's go get some Beauty and the Beast costumes. And I and I love Disney. Like, I, I am so much of a Disney file, and I, and I love Disney to death. But, like, I like I don't – what drew me to Once Upon a Time originally was the fact that they were doing literary stories. Like, I, I will argue that's one of the reasons why I love Victor Frankenstein so much, because you have this very literary character – in that's science based in the middle smack dab of like fairy tales and like I love that about once so like recently in this trend when they're just like full fledged put on the pedal Disney I just I that's not my show that's not what I signed up for and that's what another reason why I like Wonderland so much because it wasn't Disney's Alice in Wonderland it was like true literary crazy Alice in Wonderland I miss Wonderland <laughs> I miss it so much <laughs> But anyway, so that's my that's my rumple spiel. I think I love his personality and I love his power and his, his, he has some nice leather pants too, man. He does. He has very nice leather pants. I know he you didn't see nice the uh, little special uh, that was before the mid season premiere, but they were talking about how when they designed his costume, they were trying to make him look like a fantasy Mick Jagger. <laughs> I totally see that. I, you can't unsee that. <laughs> He he looks like a rock star. Those big collars and also a little David Bowie in there. Yeah, yeah, I will agree, and I and I really liked that about um, Rumble too. He has some really good costumes as well. Um, we both have August. Oh, I love August. Again, I think you love August for more actual reasons. Hot man, leather coat. Yep. Beard. From there. Beard, oh man! Like I, when I was growing, beard. when when I was a teenager, I, I I recently like the whole beard and body hair thing has like been a recent thing for me because when I was growing up a teenager, well into like my early twenties, I was like I, I've always been big into anime, so like hairless Japanese boys were like my uh-huh. thing. Yeah, you remember? Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you remember Hiroki? <laughs> <laughs> How I forget Hiroki. Hiroki Asimoto, man. Beautiful man. Love him. Uh, favorite voice actor from Japan. But anyway, like, like, oh yeah, how could you forget Hiroki? Um, <laughs> but like, like, I don't know what it is recently, but like, I, I th- it started with beards. And then like, you know, beards became like very scruffy and like very manly. And like, that was like the difference between like pretty Japanese boys and then like men I want to fuck. <laughs> And, like, it started with beards, and then it, like, moved to chest hair, and I think a lot of it actually was Killian's chest hair, that I was like, yeah, I want to cat groom. Hard not to love that chest hair. Yeah, like, I, I want to, like, cat groom that chest hair. <laughs> I want to lick it until it's clean, and get all the, like, briny sea off it, and then have, oh, yeah. Um, and so, like, that's August for me. I think he, to me, when I think of... Man, like men in this show. One is Killian, the other one is August. They are very, like, stereotypical men. And it's the beards and the chest hair, and I've seen pictures of Mr. Bailey and other things, and I've seen him chestless, and yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, and then the, the leather and the motorcycle. I, I will pull a granny. He can take me on a ride on that motorcycle at any time. I'll go. Oh, yeah, he's, he's gorgeous. And I, and I also, I just is smart, and that's, like, it goes back to, like, why I like Will and Neil, because I like those smart characters who call it like it is, and he was clever, and... Actually, I know you haven't seen this episode, but they do give August a big callback in this episode. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, you've been waiting. I've been waiting. Um, <laughs> he's, he's not in it. Like I know Eon Bailey is in the, later in the season, but they do start looking at August's stuff, and it's really nice. And then I had feelings, and I cried in a ball. <laughs> um, but uh, ultimately, even though he did that being one, the idea that he was a writer, I liked a lot. Me too, and I think it's because we're both writers. <laughs> Yeah, obviously. I could feel for August, because I know what it's like to only have, like, only your writing and your car, and that's it in your life. Like, I've been in that situation. I understand you, August. And I like that he was so worldly. Like, we see him, and he's in Phuket. I mean, no other character in this show has gone to Phuket except for possibly Jefferson. I wouldn't put it by him. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's a character I just want to fuck. I want to fuck, August. Yeah, he sure is lovely. <laughs> you say more gracefully than I say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say that word. Yeah, you do. I've heard you say it. I, mean, I say it, but only in terms of, like, expression. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Pope and Megan's analyst of the word fuck. Analyst, analysis. Anyway. Let's do another lady, because uh, we have three we have three different ladies, and I can't believe I didn't even put Ruby on my list, and now I'm kicking myself for it. So I'm going to talk about Ruby. She's so pretty. She's so pretty. I want to... Me- Megan... Mm, Ruby. <laughs> I guess myself again. Ruby is a girl that I would love to look like. And a lot of that is her confidence. Like, I... I, it took me a long time to accept that I have hips, and it took me a long time to accept that I have thighs, and I love my hips and my thighs and my butt now, but it took 27 years to get there. <laughs> it took me a long time to accept that. And so, like, to see a character like Ruby, who has so much confidence to pretty much wear whatever she wants to, and to do her hair however she wants to, it doesn't matter if it's leather pants, short skirt, red streaks in the hair, up or down, like... I just, I want to be Ruby. I want, I want her in my bed to be her. <laughs> I love that she's a rebel, which is clear from, you know, what she wears. She's the only one that's, like, punk out of everyone. I guess you could call Killian punk, but it's not intentional. We need more teenagers in this show. <laughs> need more what? Teenagers in this show. Yeah, and I think that she's kind of... She kind of is. I don't know if she's meant to be a teenager, but she has that sort of relationship. She's the only one with a mother that's her age, like, should be the right age. Like, you know, her her mother figure is older than her as opposed to many others. Um, so she's a teenager sort of in that way, I think. Yeah. No matter if she's a teenager or not. I've been really wanting to see for a while now some, like, frat boys, and it'd be, like, Hercules, Oedipus, and, uh, like, Odysseus, and they're, like, the 20-something, like, early 20 frat boys at Storybrooke. Like, I've wanted that for so Oedipus would be drunk and high all the time, because you would be, too, if you fucked your mother and killed your dad. Like, he would be just, like, the pot smoker of Storybrooke, and, like, the heavy drugs, and, like... Hercules would be picking fights with David all the time and, like, crashing cars and vandalizing. And Oedipus would be only the nice one because he was only really, like, the not-douchebag-of-a-hero type. <laughs> so I would like to see um, 
Rumple slash gold came the hell out of them. <laughs> and then it'd be hot. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mention that. Yeah, the cane. Mm-hmm. All oh, about that cane. That was the most badass. Like, in the season, the, the 4B season premiere when he crossed the town line and he was limping and then he just struts and throws the cane away. Like, that was sexy. I was like, oh, honey, did you just see what he did? He's like, what? <laughs> I would love just to, like... And I wish I lived closer to you, because I would love to come over and just watch Once Upon a Time with you and your fiancé. And just so I could, like, torment him and be like, did you see that? Did you see that? We have to rewind it. <laughs> well, he comments about the boobs, so it's equal. All about the boobs. He really was sad that Jacqueline wasn't coming back. Oh, Jack. Rest in peace, Jack. We miss you. And then, um, I almost put Emma on my list. She's on my honorable mention list. And that's just because I... I really liked her, I loved her hair in season one, and I love her, like, strong jacket, and her, like, her wearing a wife beater and cutting down Regina's tree, like, that's just, confidence is just beautifully sexy, and I, I miss her curls of season one, her hair was always more wavy and curly, now it's just straight and boring. Why is it on your list? Oh, um, I like the fact that I think that, in a lot of ways, she's the most like me, at least she used to be, she's not really anymore. But she used to be a lot like me, very boyish, like never really trying to be pretty or trying to do the girl thing. She just was, she was just a person doing what a person should logically do. There was not a lot of, like Regina, very powerful, very sexy, very feminine, very feminine from the very beginning. Emma just isn't that. And she, she's very stylish, but in a kind of unisex sort of way. And I've always just liked that about her, that she is. Feminine power without so much of the overly feminine side. I love her hair. I, I want I want her hair too. I've never had I have like very thin hair and I've never had like thick luscious curls and I would love that. And her freckles. Yeah, I love I love when they actually choose not to cover freckles. Um, freckles to me are just like such a pretty like they're what makes a person look really unique. And a lot of times in Hollywood they'll cover people's freckles. And I, I love those actresses that just have a ton of freckles. I think they're so pretty and they're so unique, and I, I love that they keep those with Emma. So I accidentally knocked off everybody on your list, so I'm going to fly through my last three right fast. Because <laughs> we, well, we, I didn't realize how many of the, of the same ones we had. I, as I mentioned earlier, I, I think Neil is very handsome uh, for a lot of the same reasons of August and Will. Um, I love that he's real world. I love his gravelly voice. Like, he could talk to me all day long. I love that kind of raspy, gravelly voice. I've always loved that, especially, like, with musicians. When a singer has a raspy, gravelly voice, they they can have me. <laughs> and, I, and I love Neil's puppy face. Like, when he's, like, pouting or confused and he just looks like a little puppy, I just want to hug him. And Megan has no responses because she hates Neil. But... <laughs> You know, I just am kind of indifferent to him. He's such a downer that I'm like, oh my goodness. He's like, what the hell? What is it? I'm like, dude, come on. I love that about him, though. I love his logic, and I wish there was more logical characters. And then, yeah. and then Belle was just beautiful. Um, I'm, I'm going to break my actor rule right now. Uh, Emily DeRaven is like one of the prettiest girls on the planet. Uh, she's just gorgeous. I do prefer her with her brunette hair because she's naturally a blonde. I do prefer her with brunette hair. Yeah. But, I mean, she's just gorgeous, which makes Belle gorgeous, and I want Belle's entire wardrobe in my closet right now. I know, she's so cute. The only problem with her, which just, actually every single woman in the show, 
I'm like, why are you wearing heels? Why are you wearing four-inch heels in this town? You know someone's going to come and kill you. Why? So, I just had this image of, like, Regina in her power suit, but having, like, sketchers on. <laughs> Seriously, though. Goodness gracious. The time that it got me the most was when, um, Rumple is locked in Delina's cellar, and... That was going down there to him. She's wearing like two inch platforms in the front, like five inch platforms in the back. Barely could walk down this step. So I'm like, oh God, woman, what are you thinking of? You better hope he doesn't turn on you because you won't be able to get out. That is very true. Um, oh, I should do a Tinkerbell on here because she's really pretty too and really sexy and I like those yeah. outfits. I totally forgot about Tank. I ship her and Killian. Oh, God, yeah, they are such a good couple. I need Neverland backstory so bad. And we're never going to get it. So, and then um, I threw Victor on my list because I Victor, along with Jefferson, are my two favorite characters of all time. I had to have Victor on this list. I just, I think his darkness is what makes him sexy. And I think what makes, and being different makes him very sexy to me and he is number one and I think this is very true across the fandom board that he's probably like the biggest kinkiest S&M character in town (laughs) and and that's totally okay with me and I like I'm that's that's totally my jam and I I would let eyeliner oh god yeah he is the king (laughs) of the eyeliner I I need more Victor in my show and I need him in a scene with Killian so they can just have eyeliner off I need them to not use him as a gynecologist because that's not his profession. <laughs> he is the only doctor in Starbucks. I like my stepmom is a gyne- is a retired gynecologist and a no- and she was an OBGYN and like we were watching the show and she had a moment where she looked at me and goes, "Isn't he like the coma doctor and like the surgery doctor?" I went, "Yeah," and she was like, "He would not be delivering babies." <laughs> he does everything. Cause he's the only scientist. Oh god, and they and they, I hate that they harp so much on the fact of him being a doctor when he's a scientist. And the line, <laughs> the recent like line that really, 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 really pissed me off the most is when they're trying to figure out during the blackout and Snow's trying to figure out how to turn on all the lights, and they're like, "We should call Will. He's a doctor, not an electrician." And I went, "Hold the goddamn phone for a second, Victor." uses electricity to reanimate corpses, and he probably built all of his equipment. God damn it, you fucking denizens of this godforsaken stupid town. How dare you? <laughs> Who knows that? Jefferson knows that. Rumpelstiltskin no, knows that. No, the Charmings know that, and oh. Peter Grumpy. They all know that he's Victor Frankenstein. They know this. Yeah, I guess their their storybook knowledge gives them knowledge of who he is, I guess. Yeah, and David knows that he's, an, like, no, it's in the name of the brother. They fi- all find out that he's Victor Frankenstein. David knows that he reanimated a corpse because it tried to kill Henry. I mean, he knows sh- his shit about electricity. And, oh, my God, I just, I was livid. I had to, like, stand up and walk away from the television for, like, half a second because I was just so mad. <laughs> Well, it's confusing because he's called Dr. Frankenstein, so they're very confused. And he, no one and he, he trying to be a doctor in the book. I'll give him that. But, like, he knows his science shit, too. Well, no one else there has a PhD, so all they think it means is that. Except for Archie, but he got his through a curse. <laughs> right. Which is still one of the best lines of the show. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, like, Victor is, oh, and, like, he has, his leather is different. He has the leather coat, and, and, like, the army leather coat, and, um, under it, he has this leather pants too, and the poofy shirt, and he can, he can take me over that leather knee and spank me any day. I'll take it. <laughs> Do you like his gloves? I like them but, better if they were in me. Oh. This is... <laughs> Why do you put up with me? I don't know. You love me. Yeah. Yeah, best friends. Best friends put up with each other, even though they... I could hear you rolling your eyes. <laughs> I did, I did. Oh, yay. And finally on my list um, was is Lancelot, because... I, and I think a lot of this, and I, I, I will go back to saying... um. I, I love, I really think Cinco Wallace is very handsome, and a lot of this came from actually Teen Wolf. <laughs> he was a character. Yeah, he was the actors. Well, no, no, but there, there's a reason for this. Um, mm-hmm. that, uh, why this is my exception for that. Um, is mm-hmm. because he, he plays a character on Teen Wolf, which is on NTV, and that show does not, like, keep away from shirtless males, I must say. And so, um, but it was great because uh, I got you got to see a lot of his character's arms, and you got to see him shirtless. So when Lancelot comes on my screen, screen, I'm going, I know exactly what is under all that armor. Mmm, mmm, <laughs> mm. and and he is so attractive. Like I, oh, oh, why don't you go black, man? I I will not go back. Uh, like, oh, he is he is so sexy. And I if you go watch Teen Wolf, especially season two, you know what's under Lance Lance's armor and you can go, Oh, with me too. <laughs> oh. And quick honorable mention I wanna throw out Archie. I think he is um very husbandy material. <laughs> yeah. And it's the ginger. It's the ginger. Yeah, he's so sweet. We need more uh, redheaded characters in the show. Well, there's Ariel. Yeah, and she's pretty. Um, I'm just, I've never been a big Little Mermaid fan, so the whole, like, Ariel is, like, lost on me because I just sit here and go, you're 16, shut up. She's a redhead, that's all. I'm yeah. Saying. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. So, those are our top ten hottest, that took way longer than I thought, top ten hottest characters of Once Upon a Time Sexiness. So, um, something I wanted to do next, and I wanted to talk about ship sex. Um, and when I mean by ships, I mean relationships. So talking about what kind of sex we think these ships would have, I have canon ships and non-canon ships. And I have to clarify this right fast, because, for example, um, I have Swan Queen under canon ships, and I have Sleeping Warrior under non-canon ships. The reason why I did that is um, I wanted to talk about actual relationships in the show. And Emma... And Regina, while it might not be a romantic relationship, by canon, by canon, I hear you swan cleaners, by canon, um, they do have a relationship that is the core of the show, and the show is pretty much about the two of them in Rumpel. And so I, I put them as a canon ship, but we will be talking about them as if they were in a relationship. While Sleeping Warrior has not been confirmed in canon. Anyway, that was really long. Let's go. I know that in season one, Snowing was your big couple, so what kind of sex do you think Snowing would have? You're right, it was. It was your big couple. Well, I always joke that they have, like, super-duper vanilla boring sex. But I don't think they do. I, I really don't. I think that, um, I still, I, I would say that I think that they are each other's firsts and onlys. Probably. Well, we're not, we know it's not only because Snow had a one-night stand with Will. 
That's true. That's true. And it's, it's kind of inclined, uh, implied that Catherine and David had sex because they were trying to have a baby. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But until until Storybrooke, they were first and only. I think that they probably have a really healthy, really good sex life. That it's not necessarily just vanilla. I'm not sure what exactly they would go. I don't think there's probably there's probably no bondage. There could be because I think Snow White is pretty badass. Even though Mary Margaret is not so badass, Snow White is, and I think that she is still Snow White, even though. They like to make a big distinction between the two. I think that she's definitely still Snow White, so they probably do have some, if not tying up, definitely some some rougher sex sometimes anyway. I think, I, I, I very much agree. I think they have very, like, incredibly passionate sex. Um, mm. I think they're probably crazy cooking stuff, is it's probably not beneath them to, like, have sex in the woods and, like, throw each other against trees or, like, throw each other on the table, but I, I agree. I don't think they do any, like, crazy bondage or anything like that. Um, but I, I think there's this, like, really just loving, passionate, ferocious sex, and they just love the crap out of each other. And it's clearly enough to disturb Emma. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's your parents. It's true, but if they were really quiet, she wouldn't be disturbed. <laughs> They're probably loud enough. Well, they all live in the same apartment, and Emma's bed is just on the other side, and there are no doors in this apartment. Henry is probably disturbed by this. <laughs> Henry's just upstairs in his own loft bed. Like, there are no doors in their apartment except for their bathroom door. Yeah, we assume. No, no, we've seen enough of the apartment to know. <laughs> okay, there's the bathroom door, all right. We can move on to the next one. I want to start with Captain Swan, because I think a lot of people joke that Killian's probably all, like, leather and bondage and kiki, and there's stuff to do with that hook. I think he's, I think he's probably a lot closer to David. I think he's very, I, I do think he's, you know, will take a lady and throw her on the deck and take her and everything and stuff like that. But I think a lot of the gentleman pirate comes into play. I think while he is a swashbuckler pirate, it's not beneath him to pick up a hooker. Um, I think he treats a lady when he's one-on-one with them with a lot of respect. He clearly loved Mila, and he clearly loves Emma. And I, I think that he not only loves them, he respects them, and he respects them enough to want to make sure that they are just as pleasured as he is while having sex. And, of course, that's my fantasy because he is he is Don Juan. He is Casanova to me because he's just so hot. But I do think it's true. I agree. I think that he, I mean, we've seen his interactions with women. And, I mean, honestly, I don't even know that he would be the dominant one in pretty much any relationship he has with a woman. Women tend to, for his, whether it's his choice or not, women tend to dominate him, even just in regular social situations. I think there's a difference for him between a one-night stand and love. I think for a one-night stand, like, he's dominant, he fucks, and he goes. Um, I think, though, when it comes to someone he actually loves, it's very much the woman before him. Yeah. Yeah. And Emma's totally in charge, as we can see. I still don't think they've had sex. You really don't think they've had sex? <laughs> they had sex! I think she's straight. Maybe they have by now. By the end of last season, though, they hadn't. Because she was straight in a log. He's like, can we go home? And she's going to watch Netflix? And she's like, no. And he's like, oh, okay. Uh, I'm jacking off. Oh, man. Poor Killian has, like, spent most of 4A jacking off alone on his ship. Yeah. And sleeping on benches, sleeping on the street. He lives. (laughs) He lives on the street. Or in his his ship. I really think he does. He doesn't stay with Emma. 
I think he just lives on the street. They have a job. I think the key line from 4A was her going, do you want to come inside and talk with my parents with a newborn? <laughs> like, they definitely have not had sex in Emma's apartment. Um, I can see them possibly having sex at the sheriff's station, but then David might walk in. <laughs> hey, Dad. What's up? Um, but So there's pretty much only the ship. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, I think they have by now. Starting this season... Their relation, for one reason or another, their relationship is much more subdued, and he seems a lot less... Desperate? Crazy. Yeah, yeah. A lot less desperate. He was very desperate in 4A. He was pretty funny. He's like, hey, Emma, we killed Buster. Can, can we go now? And she's like, oh, no. And he's like, oh, God. All right. It was adorable. Look, Emma, this plank's not going to walk itself, man. That was a bad joke, anyway. Oh, they probably did. they probably pulled a few late nights at Granny's. Actually, they probably took out a few nights at Granny's bed and breakfast. And I wouldn't I wouldn't fault them for that because Emma needs her own place, like ASAP. Well, I don't know. She did live there for a while. I'm confused. I don't. They I don't know. They probably have. I want to talk about Swan Thief because I do like Neil. <laughs> I want to talk about Swan Thief. So. Um, I think they're cute. I think they are cute. Um, I, I do think there's a difference when it comes to Swan Thief between what they had in Tallahassee is when they were younger and where they progressed to eventually. Um, I don't think Neil and Emma ever had sex as adults. Um, because first there was the whole Tamara thing, and then there was the whole Neverland thing, and then he died. So they didn't really have time to have sex. Yeah. But I, I do think they were very first young love. I think they were probably very awkward. I, actually, I don't think Neil was probably awkward. I feel like Neil was much more wordy, but I feel like Emma would be awkward. Emma <laughs> would be totally awkward. She was 18. Yeah, she would be totally awkward. And he's like 200. <laughs> wow, yeah. that, wow, that's a lot of perspective just now. Hmm. But let's play the what if game. What if Emma and Neil did have sex as adults? Like, what do you think it would be like? I think you'd actually have more showers. <gasps> they would have shower sex. Oh, yeah, they would. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying. I don't know what kind of lover Neil would be. I think, I think Neil has a lot of trouble connecting with people because he spent most of his life on the run. And I think, oh my God, though, him and I, I don't have it on my crap ships, but. Neil and August are one of my crap ships, and oh my god, I see Neil would so be the submissive one to August. Oh, I love them. There needs to be more fan fiction, please. Once upon a time, fans writing more August and Neil fan fiction because there is not enough for my liking. Anyway, moving on. I think I think Neil has a lot of trouble connecting with people, and I think and a lot of it is because he was on the run and closed himself off so, for so long. So I think when he actually does connect with a person, and in this case, Emma, I think he's very, is always, always nervous in sex because I think he has a fear of letting people see who he really is. And I think even if they had sex as adults, it would be a very nervous thing for him because I think he would love a person so much that he would want to be at his very best to please them. And I don't think he knows how to fully show his true self really ever in the entirety of the series. I, don't, I think the only time we really saw who he really was was when he was a kid at Bayfire, when he had all his emotions on his sleeve. Gosh. His story is just such a sad one, and I feel like the series should have ended when he died, because it was all about him. I mean, the whole story happened because of him. So in that way, I was, that was another reason I was kind of disappointed with him, because I was like, really, all this for you? You're kind of a douche. 
I think that Dan and I would have very opportunistic sex. That they would probably, whenever the mood hits them, they would be... Bunnies. Yeah, happy to happy to do it whenever, whatever. Also very emotional, probably. Very emotional sex. Um, I think, oh, I just have this image. He's probably a crier after sex. <laughs> Like I don't mean I, I I think it's very sweet when men get emotional because men are just bred to not have any emotions and to be like tough man. Men don't cry, boys don't cry. And I it was the actually first time I ever thought about it was when my friend Andrew Slack, um he's he's founded a thing called the Harry Potter Alliance. And he did this whole campaign or this whole blog about how men are expected to be tough guys all the time and never have emotions, and it's actually terrible for their health. And um, and and the thing is, is that like that's another reason why we need feminism because it's like to, for a man to be called a girl if they cry, they have the right to have emotions too, and and to feel that. And I think I think that it it would be really sweet if Neil gets very emotional during sex because he doesn't show himself and he'd be so vulnerable in those moments and that's just a really sweet thought to me yeah i mean uh, this gets into what i really enjoy about the sexual dynamics and the gender relations in once is that everyone in this is vulnerable what was that these men are vulnerable. Like, David is, like, teary-eyed, and so is Killian every other episode. I mean, they're all vulnerable. I and mean, it shows that the vulnerability and the strength of both genders, that men can be very, very strong, and women can be very strong, and men can be vulnerable, and women can be vulnerable, and they can both help each other through that vulnerability. I mean, and I would argue that Rumpel is probably, you know, the most powerful character, and I think he's broken down into ugly tears more than anyone else. <laughs> I, I will correct you on one thing. I think Blue is the most powerful because she's older than Rumple. Oh, well, yeah, but she'll never do anything. Oh, I, I, I think she's... I, did I tell you my theory about how I think she's the author or the sorcerer? But what I mean is, like, just as far as, like, driving plot and being at the center of things. And yeah. I mean, that was the most powerful. I mean, that's another thing I love so much about Will is, like, he mourns Anastasia. He mourns Anastasia to the point where he betrays Alice in an episode. Like, he, he has, and he, he cries, and he's not afraid to show his emotions. And that, uh, he wears all his emotions on his sleeve, except for when he's trying to put up walls, which he fails at a lot of putting up walls. And that's what I love about Neil as well, and Will. And, like, I love these men. These emotional oh, yeah. men, their tears, their beautiful man tears. I want to look up at their face. To what you were saying earlier, even though we joke about Killian being a mantle in distress, there's no doubt that he is the epitome of manliness. So it's it's an interesting thing that they do. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I did not mean that as any insult that Neil would cry in sex. I think that is like no, a weird thing. I was just imagining him crying after sex, and I thought it was funny. Yeah. Because Emma would be like, what? What is it? What did I do? She'd be like, she'd be like oh, my God, did I do it wrong? <laughs> Was I not bad? Depending on when he cried. If she, as an adult, she'd be like, what? What's wrong with you? As a kid, yeah, maybe. She'd be like, did I do it wrong? <laughs> I do want to talk about Swan Queen, though. Because I think Swan Queen, if, if they were ever canon, they would be a very interesting relationship. Because yeah. I'm not quite sure who would be the dominant one, because they're both very dominant ladies. I mean, and I would then, say, they're probably... And even then, do we need a dominant person? Like, why can't they just share the dominance and take turns and be equal? I think that there's always someone who tends to be dominant. 
even if I don't mean sexually, like there's always going to be someone who tends to be the primary decision maker in a relationship. And I think it would be Regina simply because what, for whatever reason, Emma's always going to Regina like, Hey, sorry. Can we, can we talk it out? How's it going? And Regina never does that. So in that respect, she kind of occupies a higher level of power in their relationship in that respect. And I do mean this respectfully, but Emma is kind of like a kid. It's like she's a big kid, and a lot of it is because she never grew up with, like, parents, and she ne- you can tell she never really learned manners. And so, like, I, I, she does tend to be kind of the more, like, kiddish one of the two. But I think, I think when it comes to sex, I think they'd be very equal. Oh, yeah. Trade-offs, for sure. But I, I definitely do think when it came to relationship-wise, like, Regina would be the one doing their taxes. <laughs> yep. She'd be the one making sure Henry got all of his homework done. Though Emma's gotten better at that. I, Emma, Mommy Emma has really stepped up a lot the last couple seasons. Um, except oh, yeah. for the whole crazy, let's go to New York thing. And I think a lot of that is the missing year that Emma got with Henry, where she was the primary caregiver for Henry. Yeah. Though my friends Bray and Alex were talking about... Um, it's kind of sad to think about, but the memories that Regina gave Emma about Henry growing up in that last year were probably her own memories. Hmm. Maybe, but she kept memories that Regina wouldn't have had. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that would have worked, but that's a good point. That's very sad. <laughs> it's true. Because, like, in that last year, Emma raised Henry, or believed to raise Henry, so, like, she would have memories of him, Henry's first steps and his first words, and those would all be Regina. It's true. It's true. Mm. But, I mean, while it's not like a canonship, it can't be denied that these two ladies and their relationship is such an important part of the show. Oh, yeah, they are. They are the central, they are the central pair, I would say, for sure. Those two and this Rumpel are fucking everything up. Yeah, Rumpel's not central. He is, he is this out, he's the Loki, he is the trickster. He exists for a very special purpose, but he is outside of all things, I feel. Now, I know we're going to be on opposite sides of this one. Because <laughs> I know uh, Outlaw Queen. Mm. So I, I'm just going to lay this down now. I'm all for Outlaw Queen. I love them. Megan is not. I I don't know. I, I hated Regina for a very long time, and I don't really hate her anymore. But I still don't see it. Like, I don't see... Their tension is not one that could ever become sexual, in my mind. There's a very real, very real tension that will never really be repaired, I feel like. So, yeah, I don't see it. We're talking about what kind of sex we think they would have, though. So what kind of sex do you think Outlaw Queen would have? Robin, Robin Regina, for anybody who don't know ship names. Oh, I thought that was, I'm confused. I thought it was Snow and Regina. No, that's Robin and Regina. Oh, well, I got confused because Snow is an outlaw too. That's Snow Queen, right? Snow it Queen. used to be until we got the Snow Queen and everybody was like, oh, how do we name the ship? Oh, well, I'm okay with Robin and Regina. I just think it's contrived. Not because, not because of the little, not because of the, uh, the lion tattoo, fine, whatever, magic. I think it's contrived because they forced those two actors to have, um, to have, uh, but that doesn't count because we're not talking actors. My, my, I like Outlaw Queen, um, I like Robin, and I like Regina, and I like them together. My problem is, is I just, I don't like how they got together, um, I, if they're, they're, they're trying to write a love triangle, and if you're writing a love triangle, then Marion has to be just as equal of a player in it. 
Yeah, she, she was. Yeah, and so, but we're going to discuss this as uh, what kind of sex do you think Robin and Regina have together? Okay, what kind of sex Robin and Regina have? I think that they have guilty passion sex. Like, I think that they both felt guilty the entire time. <laughs> each other. Shut awkward again. I'm sorry, I was laughing. Uh, they, they're they so guilty. They've been guilty the whole time they've slept together, but I think they are really attracted to each other. So it's just this fireball of passion underlaid with strong guilt. Mm. I do I do think they actually truly love each other. I, I think, because I think when it comes to Robin, he never expected his wife to move on, come back. And so he had moved on, and I think he really did truly open himself to Regina, and he fell in love with her. I think he really, truly did. And... I think um, I, I I think they're very similar to I would say closer to the Captain Swan, but we were saying about them how they have like very fiery, passionate sex, just like you did. But I think he's very respectful to Regina because I think he very much honors and respects the fact that she's a queen. And I think oh yeah, yeah, and I think he knows that like if he like sleeps the wrong way, she can set him on fire. <laughs> yeah, which I'm sure is not. Is you know is fun and scary for him at the same time. I think that the thing with him is that, or with them is that, I think they both are enjoying something that they've never had. She's always been very queenly, and I think she enjoys the rugged side of him. And he's always been very rugged, but he's kind of he's royalty at heart, especially if we're going from you know the real Robin of Locksley story. So he close to that ideal, the chivalry and royalty and nobility, so I think that they both get to see a side that they like a lot but aren't. And I think for Regina, this is the first time she's really opened her heart since Daniel. Oh, yeah. Um and I think I I think it's that she always she keeps talking about true love and true love. And I think she really truly believes Robin is her true love. I think she is realizing that while she loved Daniel, it wasn't true. And I think She's fighting so hard for that because I think for the first time, like, she actually understands Snow and Charming's when they say, talk about true love. I think she feels, as a character, like, okay, I get this now. Oh, definitely. But I laughed out loud when they had sex in that mausoleum. I was like, what? You guys, are you 16? I gotta say, though, Robin was looking pretty good in that white feeder, too, in those arms. Oh, yeah. Mm. No question. I will always take any man in a wife beater. Huh? I will take any man in a wife beater. It should be called, like, sexy man shirt, not a wife beater. Yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. Well, I think they have athletic sex. I think they're both very healthy and very fit. So I think they have very very good athletic sex. I can see them using a sex swing. I guess because you see sex swings. I just don't see them, so I can see why you would see that more than I would. Yeah, yeah. So, um, let's move on. I want to throw in a Wonderland couple, um, and Cyrus and Alice bore the hell out of me. While I do like them separately, they bored the hell out of me together. I'm sure they had great sex, though. I'm sure they did, and that tiny little genie bottle, and they can get as big as they want and as little as they want. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderland sex. Crazy ass Wonderland sex. Everyone's got some magic drink me and eat me who's having sex. Interesting. Drink me and eat me, man. I I will happily take Jefferson Wonderland sex any day. Huh. Yeah. yeah. So um Anyway. 
But Scarlet Queen is Will and Anastasia, and so and, I, and like I said, I wanted to add in a Wonderland couple because I love Wonderland. Um, and I know you didn't watch all of Wonderland, um, so you never got to see like their ending, you know, like in game, and where Anastasia was actually a good person. Right, <laughs> right. So I, I, I'm, I'm gonna cover this one right fast. Um, to me, I think this goes back to what I was saying about Will Scarlet, and the thing is also. Anastasia is very much a very Regina-like character. She is a strong, powerful woman. So while I think, like, Will is a hard, firm, like, de- like lover and, like, will love you with his entire being, I also think that she's a very dominating woman. I think that <laughs> she is a strong woman. And if she doesn't like how something feels, she'll tell you. She'll be like, nope, move left. Nope, go down. Nope. And I think she, like, won't take anyone's crap. Um, and I think she's very commanding in the bedroom and she knows what she wants um when it comes to love and i think i think will's okay with that i think he i think he loves her that much and that he wants to please her that much and i think he gets a lot of pleasure out of pleasing the women he loves did you tell that turns us both on everybody <laughs> when a man is just as much in love with pleasuring a woman and gets pleasure from that i will take that give me a will give me yeah. a billion i want that so, yeah, I just wanted to throw out one Wonderland ship because I love the show and I miss it desperately. So, Rumbell. This is a very turbulent time for Rumbell, if I may say so myself. They'll get back together again. What if, okay, let's let's take a look at Rumbell in two spaces then. We'll take a look at them um, in the Enchanted Forest when it was Rumpel and Belle and they were, like, living together in Rumpel's castle. And then let's take a look at them when they were still happily married in 4A um, before she kicked them out of town. We'll, we'll do it that way, and that way we have two slices of them. Well, can I just got to say, the her living in his castle, that sex is the makings of romance novels. <laughs> <laughs> I was in his house, and he was so mysterious and magical. And one day, he invited me to his bedroom. Mm-hmm. And he told me to fold down these sheets, and then he told me to take off my dress, and I did. And his touch was gentle. Not as harsh as the words he often yelled at me. Yeah. Makings of makings of romance novel. Oh my god, I want it so bad now. I want a rumbell like trashy romance novel. I might write it. Oh <laughs> Please Megan, please write me a trashy rumbell romance novel. Even if it's Not a novel, but... Yeah, even if it's like a twenty page short story, please, please. I'll write a short story. Can that be my birthday present? <laughs> Yes. Written in Harlequin style. Yes, it's going to be my birthday present this year. Actually, I probably should write it sooner than that. <laughs> anyway, it's true. So we're taking a look at Belle in two different spots. So I do agree. I think I, I think Rumpel was a lot more... I think Neil got his awkward loving from his father. <laughs> <laughs> I do think, like, Rumpel, because he's been the dark one for so long. It's been so long since he's opened his heart to anybody. His last love, Mila, wife, cheated on him and left for a sexy pirate. So I think, you know, he's probably very scared to love. And that's why he puts himself so behind so many, ha-ha, flourish walls, flourish. And Actually, his last love would have been Cora, right? Before Belle. Yeah. Yeah, that's very Fat bitch. I... I love to hate Cora. I'm so happy she's back later this season. I developed so much more love for Rumpel when that happened. I was like, baby, oh, you loved her, and you're evil, and you, oh. 
easily argue that Cora, like, while while Rumple might be the Voldemort of the show, Cora is the Dolores Umbridge of the show. Yeah. I I love to hate Cora, and like like when people are like, "What character do you hate in Once Upon a Time?" I'm like, well, I don't hate any of the characters except for maybe this Frozen batch, but I love them as well in a separate Frozen live action show. But Cora is a character I hate, but I love hating her because I sit here and go, "What is she gonna do next?" <laughs> I can't wait to yeah. see what she does next. And so, I can see him being very guarded with his heart. I agree. And so I think probably the I think probably the very first time they ever had sex in Rumbell, post-skin-deep, that kind of area, I, I think he would be very shy. I think I think all the all the flourishes would be gone, and it would just be awkward, just like, okay, well, I'm taking off my pants now. Hoo-hoo-hoo. I mean, it's easy to see that all of his flourishes, I mean, at any time, really, all of his flourishes, it's all an act all an act and when that breaks down he's completely vulnerable I mean all it takes is one person to tell him he's vulnerable and he becomes vulnerable it doesn't take much at all yeah so what what do you think that sex would be like those like few times because I, I don't think they probably had sex a lot in that time only because of the fact that like you know she got captured by Regina and then curses and blah 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 and now we have Spice Girls of Evil kidnapping Bell. but I do think they probably had I would say at least a good three times when are you saying storybook? No, I'm talking about uh, Skin Deep, Enchanted Forest. Oh, okay. Well, hmm. I'd say it was probably very explorational. Do you think Rumpel was Belle's first? Oh yeah, I'm sure. Well, how could she not? How could he not have been? I mean, when else would she have had the option? I mean, she had Gaston. <laughs> That's not an option. <laughs> Actually, have you ever seen Psych? Yeah. Do you remember McNabb? Like he was like the dumb cop that worked with them. No, was he? Was he guest on? Yeah. Oh, I didn't remember. Yeah, I, I had a moment when Skin Deep came on, and I was like, "It's McNabb. <laughs> We're Sean and Gus when we need them." But I also love Psych anyway. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think, I think it was very exploratory as well. Like them just trying to, for one, like Bell's just trying to figure out sex. I think. And he's a great teacher. So, he probably would have been a good teacher. Yeah, 200 years of teaching. Yeah. All right, then, okay, so what about marriage storybook sex? I think she was, like, in some sort of thrall the whole time. I'm about to have some very mad rumbellers at me, and I apologize for this now. But going by their post-marriage all the way through the time that she kicked him out of town, Belle was just kind of out of it, so I could see her, him... I'm just going to say it because it sounds so awful, but I could see him kind of keeping her under, like, a spell a little bit. Like, almost like maybe, like, an infatuation spell. Yeah. I don't think it was anything to keep her in love with him. I think she loves him and still loves him wholeheartedly. I, I think so, too, because um, I'm, I'm going to give you a one-line spoiler from the episode you haven't seen. Corel and Ursula confront Belle, and she flat out tells them, I do not relish in his suffering. Of course not. She couldn't. I mean... I don't think that it was any spell to make her love him. I think it's a spell to make her not realize how weird things are going. Yeah, and I, and I think so, too. But I, I do think when it was really, truly them, and they were married, and it was just them together, I think they had, like, snowing sex. Just passionate oh, yeah. love-making. Like, they made love. Oh, yeah. Because they, 
they love each other so fully and so deeply, and it makes that's what makes it so painful to watch when they have trouble because you can just tell that they love each other so much. So those are all the main shifts. Let's very quickly go into crack ship. So a crack ship, if you don't know, is a non-canon ship um, that just doesn't that that hasn't happened in the canon. But it's when you see two characters and you're just like, oh damn, I, I want them together. Like my my main. I have two main crack ships. I have my OTP, which is my one true pair of Once Upon a Time, and that's the first one we're going to talk about. And the other one that's not on this list, that's my perfect example for a crack ship, is Matt as Charming Whale. I love Charming and Whale together. I would lo- I have role-played and written fanfics, among fanfics, of David and Victor together, and they are so cute. I fucking love them. What? Blondies. Blondies. Oh, God. It was... It was the episode broken when David when David gets in Victor's face and he's like, "You're not my prince," and I was just like, "Oh my God, please kiss right now in this moment. You're three inches from each other. Oh my God, masculine testosterone." That's pretty much all two hot guys have to do to make us all go <laughs> get close. That's all it takes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Please get in each other's bell space and like oil each other up, <laughs> like like Turkish wrestling. You remember that? But if you haven't watched Turkish wrestling, it's very important. You like two really oily men go like wrestling around with each other. Look up Turkish wrestling; it's their national sport, and you will thank me. Please thank me; it's gorgeous. Um, <laughs> did I ever uh, tell you like my theory of how I got Victor and David together in a fanfic? I don't think so. So Victor was world hopping around with uh, Jefferson as a teenager, and they crashed in David's field, <laughs> and that's how they met. And he was like, oh, who is this man? No, and it was more just like... Black hair. He actually thought they were trying to steal his crops. And Victor, or Jefferson's hat was damaged for a while, so they had to stay there. And Ruth was like, Ruth, David's mother, was like, oh my god, lost little boys. And they were like, I know, our mother's dying. She's like, come let me feed you. And they got free food from it. And David was like... I don't understand what's going on. And then, like, he started talking about other worlds because David had an interest in other worlds. And he mm-hmm. fell in love with Victor because he was so different. And he was the one that King George made David leave because King George captured Victor and was going to kill him. <laughs> oh, no. I, I know. And then it was awkward when everyone slept with snow. I think that they would have great man sex. They would have great man sex. So, and I, it's not in this list, but my other big crack ship is Davy Jones, which is David and Killian. They would have great man sex. Oh, they would have the most beautiful man sex ever. I have to say. Oh, I'm sitting on the couch right now because I'm just like, oh, yes. I have a confession. I actually ship David and Killian more than I ship Snowing and Captain Swan. Like, I would be happy if Snow and Emma fell off a bridge and David and Killian got together and were a couple. Like, I, I honestly believe, and I like, I think, well, a lot of it is just because, like, uh, Josh and Colin have really good chemistry when they act together. Like, they have really great, they bounce off each other well. Like, they have really good chemistry together, which makes, you know, David and Killian have really great appeal, and they're both beautiful. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, they went off together in Neverland to mm. Bond. That episode is the best episode. <laughs> All because but, of man sex. Ah! Yeah. Mm, mm. 
Um, oh. I threw on here my crack ship, which is my actually main pairing at Once Upon a Time. I, I had some ships and stuff like that, but the moment that these two people hit a screen together, and I never thought about it before, I have loved them. And I still love them ever since. And they were my main couple of Once Upon a Time. And that is Mad Whale, which is Jefferson and Victor. I, I wholly believe that they have been traveling together for years. They set up everything in the Doctor, and they tricked Rumpel, and they tricked Regina to save Gerhard, and they've been friends and traveling together since they were teenagers. And so, I, I love them. <laughs> I think Victor is just as much Grace's daddy as Jefferson is. Oh. Shut up. I want them together. I think, I think that they would be a good pair, just because they're both kooky and kind of insane. And they're both kind of like borderline villains, but not really villains. Yeah, they're both the gray area type, and oh yeah, I think they'd have great weird kooky. They they would be the one on this list to have crazy bondage sex. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, like there would be some spanking going on. But I I do have to say I always love this idea of like them just not caring about things going on around them. And David runs up and he's like, "This thing is attacking the town. We need your help." And they just laugh at David in his face and like go off and have tea. <laughs> <laughs> like, but guys, shouldn't you care? And they're like, no, we're minor characters. You just remembered us for the first time in two seasons. And I'm not a gynecologist. I can't actually be a midwife. Fuck you. Oh, oh I just have such feelings about Jefferson and Victor. I, I got, I have such feelings about them. And I need them together in my life. I mean, they haven't been together since The Doctor, which was episode five of season two. And I've seen that episode so many times. I'm going to cry, Megan. Well, maybe, maybe he'll be in uh, the new Marvel movies. David Anders. No, he actually he has a show starting in oh god, like a week and a half, two weeks, and it, yeah. it, and it's also kind of once news because Rose MacGyver, who played Tinkerbell, is the lead character in this show, and he plays the villain in the show, and it's I Zombie. Oh, yes, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, and for listeners, if you don't know, iZombie is based on the Vertigo comic by the same title. And uh, Rose MacGyver plays Liz, Liv, and uh, she's a zombie. And when she eats people's brains, she gets their memories, so she works for the police department. And uh, David Anders is playing um, the bad guy in that show, and I'm super excited because I finally am ready to have David Anders back on my TV screen. And he has, if you haven't seen it, he has some hell of guy liner in that. Like, he has, like, Bucky Barnes Winter Soldier guy liner going on. Yes! Guy liner! It's like, it's like almost too much guy liner. It's like Killian Jones <laughs> pirate guy liner times 12. It's like dark, oh, thick oh, line. Johnny Depp pirate guy liner? Yes, it is that guy liner. <laughs> it's like borderline. Because the thing is, is his character is really blonde and he's really pale. And then it's just like, so it's very blonde, very pale, black eye guy liner. He looks like a raccoon. Oh, oh no. Raccoon eyes. But I'm super excited because I love David Anders. I can't wait to have him back on my TV screen again. So. <laughs> anyway. So um, I want to talk about the ship because I actually really love this ship a lot. Um, I have always been a big supporter of the ship. Say what? Me too, from an academic standpoint. Yeah, like, I've always loved the ship, and I, I, I hate what they did with them. Actually, uh, I saw a post on International Women's Day. Mulan was featured on 14 female characters that the writers did no justice to, and Mulan was one of them. Because we're talking Sleeping Warrior. This is Aurora and Mulan. Um, we know canon-wise that Mulan loves Aurora, but it was not returned. So we're going to go into hypothetical land and say, what if they were a couple? Philip is a wraith off in Wraithland. 
And they're a couple. And so what kind of sex do we think Sleeping Warrior has? Oh, my God, Mulan would be so dominant. Just to speak on that really quickly, lesbianic relationships are just never, ever shown in normal television. And um, I was just blown. I, I didn't, I was like, wait, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? Is that really happening? And, yeah, I was like, I asked, I asked you, I was like, is that what I thought it was? And you were like, yeah. And I was like, awesome. I think they would have great sex. I think that Mulan is, loves her so much and she's so protective that it clearly shows that they would have a very devoted romantic togetherness. And I think when it comes to um, Mulan, she suffers from the poor, like, one-sided lesbian trope where she – they, they do it all the time in television. I really hate this trope, but the, like, the lesbian loves the straight girl, and then she gets heartbroken. It's been done a million times before, and so I was really excited that they were actually – it looked like they were doing something different. And honestly, we haven't seen fucking Philip. <laughs> we never saw them rescue Philip. Last time we saw him, he was killed by a wraith. We don't. I, I, I'm still under the impression that Aurora's baby is like half demon wraith baby. It's gonna be like Rosemary's baby coming out of her. Um, because we we haven't seen Philip since he was killed by the wraith. We have no idea what happened to him. And so, I like when I saw the direction they were going in. I was, I was, I, I, a lot of people were incredibly upset with them just dropping Mulan, and I agree. I, I think it was very poor. They could have had something amazing on their hands when it came to Sleeping Warrior, and they just dropped it. Yep. But on the topic of their sex, I think that it would be, I feel like we're being very generic, um, but I think that it would be very, I don't know, I don't know, what are, what are the perceptions people have of lesbians? I feel like it wouldn't be whatever that perception is, that bad stereotype, I don't know. I uh, Yeah, I don't think it'd be like, you know, lipstick lesbian and dyke. I don't think it'd be like that at all. I think, because we've seen, like, Mulan be kind of feminine, too. Like, she does her hair. And um, and, oh, like, yeah. we, and we've seen in the movies, like, she knows how to do her makeup and everything and, like, dress feminine. So I think both, and we've seen Aurora um, in... Well, like, while Aurora, and this is, a lot of people didn't like about this, this about her, but I loved it about her. She might not be a, like, a butt-kicking, sword-wheeling princess like Snow is, but that doesn't mean she's not strong. She has no problem standing up to Korra, and she stood up to Korra and was like, I'm not going to do your bidding. Uh, you know, I, she has a very silent theory about her. And so, oh, yeah. and, and I like, no so I think that they both would be, like, very equally... I know you haven't seen this, but I'm going to make the reference. I think it would be like Korra and Asami from Legend of Korra, because this is a kids' TV show and in the very that just ended back in December, Megan. And in the season finale, the very last image that you see is two ladies who have been friends the entire time walk off hand-in-hand hand together, and then the next day the writers confirm that they were a lesbian couple in children's television. It was awesome. And I think they'd be a lot like Korra and Asami, because Asami is very girly, but she can definitely take care of herself. And then Cora is very mat, like very strong physically. She's a fighter. And that's how I, I see. But they're also very much supportive of each other girl-wise. And they're also both can be very feminine. And I think that's, I, I don't, I don't think it's beyond a romantic night with, with Mulan and Aurora where they would take a romantic bath together. And then like they would take turns brushing and braiding each other's hair. And like they would like be very loving and, and I think they would take turns with dominance, just like Swan Queen. And I I think they'd be, it, like, you know, maybe, like, one would, like, massage the other's feet or 
Or and I also always loved like the threesome idea of Philip, Mulan, and Aurora because I think polyamory is great. I don't know how many men would turn that down. Yeah, but I, I do. I, I also love the. We don't talk about polyamory a lot um, in Once Upon a Time because there's not a, really a lot of threesome couples or like potentials for that. I think Mulan, Philip, and Aurora would be make a really fabulous polyamorous couple. I think they'd be very equal in parenting. I think they would love each other equally. Um, if it's not obvious, I'm in full support of polyamory. <laughs> I think if three or more people can love each other equally and it's equal and they all love each other and happy, then let them love each other and be happy. Okay. I, I think I just I love the idea of these two together, and I, I really hate what the show did to Mulan and really hate what they did to Aurora. And I mean, I know Aurora's supposed to be back later this season, but we still have no word about Mulan returning. Yeah, well, they had a big opportunity and they just changed their minds. Yeah, and I think a lot of it was the media going, oh, a lesbian Disney princess? What? Yeah. This is the same media was like, is Merida from Brave gay because she doesn't want to get married? And Stephen Colbert is going, no, she's fucking 13. Of course she doesn't want to get married. <laughs> like it is. I love that you put my other crack ship on here. Oh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love you for, for knowing what I like. <laughs> yeah, I think it's ludicrously hilarious. That's why I put it on there. I think it's hilarious, but I think if you actually really sit and think about it, it could work. No. It isn't. Kelly and Archie. What is it called? Black Cricket Pirate Cricket Cricket Hook. I don't even think it has a name. <laughs> Yeah. So I have to explain it myself so this one. So I thought it was incredibly hot when Killian captured Archie, had the, the, the gorgeous ginger tied up, and was, like, really close to him and, like, touching his face and, like, trailing his hook along his face. And I'm just sitting here going, I know this is him, Killian trying to be a villain, but he's just really sexy, and Archie is really sexy right now. And oh my god. And then I started thinking about this couple. And I'm like, okay, like this is obviously not a good, healthy situation. But Archie, being the therapist, I could see as Killian is starting to change and stuff like that, Killian will go to Archie for help because he's the therapist. And I could see Archie have a lot of problems with this because the guy kidnapped him. But Archie being the really nice guy because he is the nicest person in town. <laughs> okay. And he's probably the richest person in town because everyone in this town has problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, I could see like him helping Killian through this, and as he starts seeing Killian more and more, Archie starts forgiving him, and they fall in love, and I love it. And he's like, "Well, he is beautiful." <laughs> All right then. They'd make pretty. Archie would be the mommy. <laughs> Actually, I really yeah. think Killian would be more of the mommy. Because I think Archie can, like, we've seen Archie stand up for Regina, and he can stand up for himself um, when he when he really believes in it. And so I think Archie would be really good at standing up to Killian's shit and not taking it. Oh, yeah. No doubt he would be. So, I mean, I, I think, I really do think Killian would be the mommy. Killian just reads very maternal to me. <laughs> he just, I don't even know. He reads all kinds of things. On that topic of him trying to be villainous, but really it was just sexy. That's all he knows how to do would be sexy. It's how he gets everything in his life, it seems like. Which is always funny when Killian, when Cora's like, oh, you're so pretty, shut up. 
Yeah, loved it. So I love those moments. So I want to take a moment. I got a comment on my blog. So originally when I was putting together this whole spiel, I got I uh, I requested comments or people's ideas. And I got a comment from a guy, from, I'm assuming this is a guy named Tim. If you're a woman, I'm sorry, then you are also Tim. So I just wanted to read it because it was the only comment I got. So Tim wrote, who is the kinkiest character? Archie, no doubt. Kidding aside, I'd probably say Felix, which is Pan's right-hand man. Parker Cross is in, is in his 20. I don't know if you'd, re- uh, if you'd rather not discuss it since Pan is off limits. I made Peter Pan off limits because Robbie K is 19. Gross. That's why. But Parker Croft is very handsome when he's in his 20s. And then Tim went on to say, I could easily see Sydney becoming some sort of creeper pervert, but I don't know if you would call it sexy or kinky. Um, you could also mention all the euphemisms that shippers have come for their ships and their canoodling. Snowing is tacos. Rumbell is cheeseburgers. And the Frankenwolfers, which is Ruby and uh, Victor, is avocados. While I think Victor was a virgin... I would, uh, I'm sure he spent his time under the curse as well. Neha gave him some confidence. This person I'm very strongly have taken on as a Franken Wolf shipper. Um, it gave him some confidence. It's possible that he's into some sort of gothic SM dungeon master. I totally agree, and I would love to go to that dungeon. Um, given Franken Wolf is my OTP, oh, there it is. I know that hospital office sex is a popular prompt for them. Also, <laughs> Ru- Ruby and Heat. That's a big one right there. I have to say, Megan, I never considered Ruby and Heat, and I can see it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. I never thought about that. There's also, uh, there's only a few instances in the show of explicit sex um, that I know of. We know Mary, Margaret, and Whale had a one-night stand where he tried comforting her after his earlier apology and ended up unknowingly becoming her rebound. Regina making Graham her sex slave for 28 years, yet still getting a happy ending before the likes of Archie, Victor, Ruby, and Leroy. Snow and Charming, when Emma and Henry walk into a room, Robin and Regina getting busy underneath her father's tomb, August woke up to that naked woman before he started turning into wood, that is to say, back into a puppet. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> Very good. Very good point. Um, I agree, because um, this is our next topic, the kinkiest characters in Storybook. I do believe that Victor and Jefferson are the kinkiest characters. I don't think anybody would not argue that. But I do think Archie has the possibility, because I think after all the crazy set, uh, stuff he hears from everybody all the time, that he would need some sort of release, and it's always the quiet ones. I was going to say, it's the button-down ones. He wears a sweater vest. He wears a means something. So if you wear a sweater vest, you're automatically into S&M? Yes. Okay. And I also think Jafar from Once Wonderland, he has mommy issues. And I'm not saying if you have mommy issues, you have kinky sex issues. But not that kinky sex is an issue because it's beautiful in its own way. But I do think Jafar probably runs the risk of having really, really kinky sex. I think I What? Uh, not, not good kinky sex, like disturbing. I want yeah. to block out. I'm sex. Ugh. Yeah, I think I think he just because if you actually watch all Once Wonderland, he he came from a he always wanted to get back at the Sultan. The Sultan was the reason his mother died. It was the reason why he was in poverty. And so I think if he has kinky S and M sex, it's because he wants to put out his dominance. Yeah. Well, he clearly struggled with that a lot. Just seeing the way he would always fight with with Anastasia. Yeah. He's like. You, pretty blonde woman, I have to assert my dominance over you. And she's like, dude, what's up? And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward wave. 
Hey, I'm here to be evil with you. And Anastasia would be like, get out of my palace. I don't even care. Go. Go. Where's Will? <laughs> Very Will. odd. Very upsetting. So uh, we're going to play a game now. We're going to take turns playing these rounds. This game, instead of uh, Kill Fuck Mary, we're going to play Make Love Fuck Mary. And so we're going to talk about the people we, uh, we're going to each have three choices. We each wrote down each other's choices to each other. And I still haven't thought of, uh, thought through mine yet. But we're going to talk about who we want to make love with, who we want to fuck, and who we would marry out of these three choices. All right. So do you want to go first or me? I'll go first. I'll go first. So cause I'm, I'm on the list first. Okay. So first, for you, Grumpy, Archie, and Neil. Okay, so i got to think about this one for a second. You know, I think after, after seeing um, Dreamy, the episode Dreamy, I think Grumpy, under all the needs, like the grumpiness and stuff like that, I think he has the potential to be a very good lover. We know that he can oh. fall in love, and he, like, really heavily, like, loves the – he fiercely loves the people he loves. Oh, so, yeah. He's probably got great arms, too. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and, and, yeah. And so I think, I think I, I would say make love with Grumpy. I think if you could get through those walls, he'd be a very good lover. Oh, yeah. I, I don't doubt it. I already said that Archie is, is husband material, so I would marry Archie. Um, yeah. Plus, he's a doctor. He makes money, and we already established he's the richest man in Storybrooke. Yeah, <laughs> He'd be my sugar daddy. Archie the sugar daddy. Both the men in Storybrooke are unemployed. That is very true. We don't know what <laughs> half of them do. Snow just now returned to being a teacher. What'd you say? This some gold. He's employed, if you call that employed. Yeah, screwing everybody over. And then I would just fuck the hell out of Neil. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I will take that dirty yellow bug sex any day, ride it all night, until the, the, till the, till Neverland comes home. Second star <laughs> to the right and straight on to my morning. Yeah. So I had to think about this one. Um, cause I was trying to, I was like, oh, who are Megan's like top three people? I don't know. And so, Megan, who would you make love to fucking marry out of Killian, David, and Jefferson? Oh, I would marry David. Least of the least bad of all those three for marrying material. Um, but he's not fucking material. Well, not as much as Killian or Jefferson would be. David's the most marryable, so I would marry David, even though he's boring. Mm. Oh, it's difficult. So, because I gotta, you know, get rid of my own head cannons and imaginations and just think from what I see in the show. From what I see in the show. Mm. It's hard. I'm trying to decide. Because you know that Jefferson was married at one point. Or true. or and had he, a Grace's mother at one point. It's never been confirmed they were married. And he doesn't wear a, re- a wedding ring ever in the entirety of the show. It's hard to say. I, because I could go either way on either of them. I would say... Threesome? Huh? Threesome? Threesome! <laughs> <laughs> no, but what's your real answer? Make love with Killian and fuck Jefferson, because I think I have a lot more exciting one-night stand. Mm, I would I would switch that for me if that was my choices. Mm. Who out of out of your first round? Who would you make love fuck Mary with Grumpy Archie and Neil? Oh, okay. Uh, uh, geez, I was actually really glad I didn't have to make that decision. I'd probably do it the same way you did, honestly. Okay. All right. So next, my turn. All right. So for you, Emma. David and Robin. You know, I think 
I'm tossed between my fuck and my make love too. I think I would actually like to marry Robin. I think he would make a very good husband. I think he's rugged. I didn't marry him. Say what? I said, I joked. I said, I don't know about what he did to Marion. Oh, that's a really good point. Oh, I don't want to marry Robin anymore. I'm going to marry ah. David. I'll marry David. Oh, God, he's a wife leaver. In his defense, she died, and he moved on. But also, they totally had a kid together, and he was like, yeah, you know, it really sucks that she's frozen, but let's have sex. Yeah, I take that back. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think I would marry Emma. I think I think she she's a hard worker. She's a good mom. I she loves people fiercely. I I think I would marry Emma. I really do. I think she would make an incredibly good wife. Um, you know I yeah, and I'm I'm not I'm 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 very much a stay at home busybody kind of girl, and I I I'd be more than happy to you know cook the dinners and stuff like that for her. Yeah, she'd like that. And then I'd probably fuck Robin and make love with David. What about you? Emma, David, Robin. Um, oh, goodness. Oh, well, you already had David twice. Let's move on. So, who would you make love, fucking marry, out of Neil, Robin, and then Prince James, David's evil twin? Because I got that from your list, and he was on your list. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would fuck um, James in a heartbeat. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Okay, as long as I can be assured that I would not get any STDs or I'm injured. But that means you have to marry either Neil, who you hate, or Robin, who has a bad track record with wives. Go. I would marry Neil. He seems loyal-ish. Until he puts you in jail. Yeah, well, I think that those were very serious circumstances. I would marry Neil and uh, fuck Robin. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised I didn't put August on any of my list, because I, I would fuck August, too. And I would probably marry August and make love to August. It's August all up in there. August all the time. <laughs> oh, God, I've been dreading this one. Oh, I'm, I know you have. Okay, so... I didn't... When I saw this on the... My three next choices on the list, I've been, like, contemplating this all day, and I still don't think I have a good answer for it. For her. Well, Jefferson, Killian. Well, Jefferson and Killian, Okay. Because Jefferson's my favorite character, Will's becoming quickly one of my favorites, and I, Killian's been one of my favorites since he first appeared. Um, and I they all have Joneses. And they all have fuckable potential. Potential? What did I just say? Potential! <laughs> they have uh, fuckable potential. They all have make love potential. And they all have marriage potential. God damn it! Okay, I think Killian has the least marriage potential, so I'm going to have to push him out of the way. Oh, baby. <laughs> baby boy, I know. So I'm going to push him <laughs> off to the side for a second while I figure out these other two. Because I, Jefferson is the reason I watch this show. I've always loved him since day one. I, I feel like Amanda right now. About to say, you broke up with Jefferson for Will, so. <laughs> so, for context, listeners, Megan's also my role-playing friend, and my, my original character, Rapunzel, was married to Jefferson and recently left her for Will, <laughs> or left him for Will, and now Will and Rapunzel are dating, and Jefferson's well sad. So this is really hard, because my character has been married to both of them. Oh, God. <laughs> Sound like a crazy person. Please don't ever listen to this, Mr. Saka. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Um... Okay, I gotta go with my gut instinct on this one. I think I would marry Will. I, I think he has the best love track record, and well, even though he's a thief and doesn't have the most reliable, none of them have reliable jobs in this category. Nope. But nope. Uh, all homeless. 
I would marry Will. I, I think he'd be the best lover. I think he'd be a really good stay-at-home dad. Well, I work. Because <laughs> he's a thief. I would probably make love to Jefferson. I think he would make a really good lover. Um, and I know that, and I, I would fuck the hell out of Killian several nights. There'd be more than just one night stand. It'd be like a one week stand, a marathon. No, is there anyone who would not least fuck Killian? I I can't imagine anyone who wouldn't. Cora. Oh yeah, much to his chagrin. <laughs> the uh, the Giants, because Killian can't fit on that. Yeah, that's a good point. Alternatively, anyone that Killian wouldn't fuck. Kind of both goes both ways. Unless you're that prostitute that one time. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Anyway, I'm surprised Victor didn't make it on any of my list either, because I would definitely fuck Victor in a heartbeat. I guess I was trying to make him hard for you. Yeah, yeah. Though, that, though, that was the hardest category for me, hands down. Like, because it was pretty much my three favorite characters all had potential for every single slot in that. So that was my hardest character, or my hardest one. And so, like, me and, I wanted uh, me and Megan also to do a villains round. So, uh, Megan, who would you marry, fuck, and make love out of Cora, Rumple, and the Snow Queen, Ingrid? Only one of them, so. You would only want one of them? I'm only attracted to one of them at all. That's so. right, it's fun. <laughs> well, I guess I'd marry Rumple then. Yikes! <laughs> we all see how that goes. Um, but yeah, I'd marry Rumple. I guess they're both crazy. Help! Um, you gotta make love to one of them. Though I have to say, out of the three, the Snow Queen's the nicest. I probably Cora because she's probably really fuckable. Rumple had a lot of fun with her until she broke his heart. Um, and then literally and took guess, out hers. <laughs> I guess I'd make love to the Snow Queen, however that turned out. <laughs> Is it cooler than being cool? Ice cold? Alright, 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 alright. Cora and the Snow Queen both just me off, like, profoundly. Anyway. Okay, so my villain round. Rumple, Cora, and Maleficent. I have a reason for one of these choices, but I'm kind of afraid to say because you haven't seen the most recent episode yet. And I don't want to spoil it for you. Well, then just don't give a reason. People who've watched this, you know. Actually, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this in a different way because I, I actually can see this in a different way. Uh, so I'm going to throw that out the window. I would probably fuck Cora to get it out of the way. Though I have to say, Barbara Hershey is a very, very beautiful actress, so. Exactly. Then no offense to her. Yeah. So um, we just don't like your character. Well, I love to hate your character, so. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would probably, I, I would probably marry Rumple. Um, because I do think, I think all the evilness aside and all the tricks, he probably does have a really good chance of being a very good husband if he would just get over his evil tendencies. Yeah, I think so too. And because we see that with Mila, he, he tries really hard to be a good husband. So I think he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I, I love Maleficent's boobs in those dresses. I want to make love to those boobs. (laughs) Yeah, good point, good point. I want to put my face all up in Maleficent's breasts and just, like, just smush them in my face. So, I, Man, I really see why I haven't have been on a date in a while. Why? <laughs> Out of choice, though. I choose not to date. Um, 
But I could, I could see it while anybody listening to this would be like, man, this Hope Kid is weird. Um, and finally, your last round, because I know how much you really have a disdain for Frozen. <laughs> I don't know what disdain. I have a Frozen shirt. I didn't disdain Frozen as much as you disdained Frozen. I I love the movie Frozen. I disdained the Once Upon a Time arc plot of Frozen. I just thought it was a lovely crossover. I I thought it would have made a great live-action show outside the realm of ones. Yeah, that too. So, who would you make love fuck Mary out of Elsa, Hans, and Kristoff? Oh, Mary Kristoff in a minute. I love him. (laughs) (laughs) I think he is delightful. And so very cute. And And you get a pet reindeer. And I got that right there who kind of might be able to communicate telepathically with Kristoff. Not sure. So I have to say, the difference between, like, the cartoon version of Frozen and the live-action ones version of Frozen, it was cute with Spin and Kristoff in the animated one. And the live-action one, Kristoff just looked like a crazy person. Because <laughs> the radio was like, hey, I'm here. That was it. There was no cute snuff to eye looks or anything. He was just standing there. <laughs> yeah. So who would you fucking make love to with Elsa and Hans? Uh, fuck Hans. In all meanings of that word. Um. <laughs> That's great. So you didn't, you know, they, the mutton chops don't turn you on? Oh, God, he's a horrible douchebag. And not even a good villain, you know? Not even a good villain. That is enough to get me turned. He's not even a good villain! I, I wanted so much more out of him for once. And I think it's because, I, I'm like, you know, Megan never really liked Hans. But, like, he was my second favorite character after Anna. Um, and so, like, and I loved him in the movie Frozen, so I was waiting for him to do something cool in Once Upon a Time, and he was so bad. Just like in the movie. Yeah. bad. And so you would make love like- to Elsa? She's wonderful. I wouldn't marry her because she's got the crazy, but I would make love to her. She's delightful and beautiful. And Emma would make love to her, too. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Gay! Maximum gay. All right, so very last but not least, um, we're going to actually get kind of serious after talking about fucking men and women. You wanted to talk about gender dynamics in Once Upon a Time. Which I've been kind of inserting here and there, no pun intended. And I think that the show is very interesting in that it has a different sort of dynamic. I was speaking with one of my friends on Facebook about this, and she brings up how, yeah, there might be some powerful women in it, but the men are still most powerful. And I'm like, well, yeah, basically. Except Cora. She's kind of the most powerful of all in a lot of ways. But um, And she's also like, oh, well, they may have some people, but it's pretty some non-white people, but it's pretty much the whitest show on television. And, yes, there are a lot of problems with ones. But I think what it does with its gender dynamics is really remarkable in that it has people just being people. I think that there's not a lot of definers as far as gender roles in this show. I think that it doesn't really matter whether a character is a man or a woman. You can't say, oh, well, she's a woman, so she's probably going to be running and hiding while the man stands up and protects. Not necessarily. And also, oh, well, she's a woman, so she's probably going to be the one that's going to fight the bad guys while the guys all run away and hide. No, I mean, it goes both ways. Though it might play a little too heavily on men being weaklings. They're that's that's been one of my probably biggest points, is, like, I'm all for your strong, like, Tybo-kicking, sword-wielding women, magic-throwing. Like, I'm all for that. 
But it's gotten to a point in once where the men look really weak. Like, David and Killian are constantly getting their asses kicked. <laughs> yeah. yeah they're, they're constantly, like, the only man, like, even Rumpel has gotten his ass kicked. And he's, like, oh. the second most powerful character in the show. Like, the men get their asses handed to them all the time. And, which is a point that I make in the article that I wrote for What's Fair Girl, um, about how, yes, they're headed in the right direction, but they're doing the, to men, what's been done to women for so long. They're making them now the objects of needing to be saved all the time, or super vulnerable all the time, or unable to cope, which is also not good. There needs to be equality. But I think just by, it's a step in the right direction to give the women so much power in the show and let them be kind of the ones that, tend to be the ones that save the day, as opposed to usually the opposite, which I think is a nice, which is a nice dynamic. I think, show that I would, oh, good. It's not a usual dynamic, especially for fantasy. And I have to say, I, I think the best representation of a really well-balanced woman is Regina. And because we've seen her, she's girly, she can cook, she's a mother, but she also has an important job. She was a single parent and raised that kid all by herself. Though I, I do argue that Archie was Henry's pretty much first father figure. Like, I, I argue that. And, and she's also an evil queen. And she took over realms. And she, she fights. She's constantly fighting. Regina is probably, like, the epitome of well-rounded woman. That she can both be feminine and kick-ass and cook and be motherly. And then, like, rip your face off. Like, that's, she is a really well-balanced woman. She is. And I feel like Emma used to be like that, but she's lost a lot of it. Uh, I, and I, part of me, I don't know if this is true. I feel like I hold a lot against the writers, but I shouldn't necessarily. But I feel like, they're like, oh, well, sh- we're going to put her in a relationship with Killian now, so she can't be as strong. And I'm like, hopefully that's not what they're doing, but it certainly feels that way. They weaken, they made them both. They gave the main character love interest-itis. They both got so much less interesting all of a sudden. They really did. Like, Killian, <laughs> Killian stopped really being interested, interesting to me. Like, I, I'm happy he joined the good guys, and I don't even, I don't even really think he was ever a bad guy. Like, that, and that's always been, a, like, the one problem I had with Captain Hook, because Captain Hook's a nasty guy. And I mean nasty as an evil. Like, he, he murders children. <laughs> and, you know? And, like, I was hoping to see more of that in Neverland, to see, like, a really nasty side of Killian come out. And it never did. He was, like, leading man pretty boy the entire time. And now I'm jealous because Neil is here and Emma doesn't love me. No, I was waiting for Captain Hook to come out and murder some lost boys. Like, I, that's who he was in the book. He was a nasty guy. And I just, he's, after Neverland... Killian, it started with the Oz arc. Like, Emma and Killian became way less interesting. And a lot of them... And I I don't have a problem with the fact that they're together. And I don't have... Yeah, yeah. I like that they're a couple. And and I've... Like, Captain Swan has been growing on me. Like, it's not my first choice for either of them. Because I am still, to this day, a hardcore Graham Emma shipper four seasons later. (laughs) Their chemistry is electric. They are just... Amazing. They being... Oh, well, I'm Emma and Killian. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they have such good chemistry together, and they're a really good couple together. It's just that it's it's how I feel about Snow and Charming. I like Snow and Charming episodes when they're with other people. I don't like Snow and Charming together anymore. There's so, and a lot of it's just because we've had so much background with Snow and Charming. Mm-hmm. They just don't care anymore. 
The problem with Killian and Emma is that during this season, I feel like every single, I mean, just, I don't even know. I cannot keeping track. Not this season, last season, during the time when Killian's been manipulated by Rumpel. It just seems to be this kind of, uh, Killian's like, oh, God, my life is all fucked up. And Emma comes up to him and he's like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, I'm fine. And she's like, okay, cool, I'll see you later. And he's like, ah. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Are you not seeing that there's something terribly wrong with this man you claim to love? Yeah. It's like their relationship is not even doing well anymore. It's weird. Like, and it's, uh, I've actually was having this conversation, um, actually on my, my Once Upon a Time blog, someone asked me a question about how, like, one of the biggest things that they're having, problems they have with Rumpel right now, and why it's such a big, they're having a big problem with Rumpel in general, is Rumpel was clearly suffering PTSD. Like, he died. <laughs> he died. Got forced, forced back to life, and then was, like, pretty much a slave to this crazy, fucked up woman. Um, and, and so, like, he's, but no one's talking about it. Like, about, like what I love about season one of Once Upon a Time is people had conversations. They talked to each other. If this was season one, Belle and Rumble would have had a conversation. Emma and Killian would be having conversations. But I feel like Rumble and Killian are suffering PTSD and they're, like, that's not being addressed. <laughs> not to mention Rumble's son died in his arms after he just risked everything in his entire life and being to get him back. I mean, jeez. And they're like, you're such a coward. And I'm like, guys, come on. This guy's literally having, like, a mental problem right now. Like, he's, like, PTSD is a serious mental disability. Like, it's, okay, maybe not, maybe disability's not the right word, but it's, like, a serious mental thing. And no one is addressing it. Like, Rumpel needs to sit down and go to Archie. (laughs) Yeah, he's got some serious problems. I mean, and, like, God, and, like, everyone is just so, just weird, like, and off. Like, I... I don't even know what they're doing with like I I understand that snow my I have I'm having I've had big issues with snow and it started with Frozen and I and I will say flat, flat out like I always loved Mary Margaret I've never been a fan of snow and uh, so like ever since Broken I've just never really liked snow but that being said I like a lot of things they do with snow I like her with Regina I like the progress there I liked Mary Margaret and Emma's relationship and like the awkward time Emma and Mary Margaret had and like Emma and Mary Margaret had a really healthy relationship until that goddamn fucking baby came and like and then Mary Margaret snapped like Snow was crazy in Oz like like Snow like went on this whole huge beautiful rant about like how she wants to be there for Emma and how she accepts Emma and she understands Emma has like trouble like accepting them as parents but it doesn't matter because she will always love Emma and like that was what Neverland was about was Snow and Emma and the Charming, like, finally becoming a family. And Emma gets a fucking frozen, and she's like, no, Emma's a monster, she can't hold my baby. Don't touch my baby, Emma, I don't like you, you scare me. And I'm sitting here going, what the hell just happened to Snow White? What the, like, and... It's all tried. And like, that's the thing, like, it's, it's not that Snow became a mother. Snow has always been a mother. And that has never been a problem. And that's one thing I did actually like about Snow, is that she was a very strong mother, and she always did what was best for her family first. And and but like when that happened, it I don't know if it was crazy postpartum going on or what. But like I was, I Snow spent the entire Frozen arc being just insane. They all were like David was out of character. Emma, everybody was just I don't, I just don't think about that arc. Anymore. What? It was all contrived. It was all Frozen. 
They yeah. froze our characters, and that's why I feel like this, like, this mid-season finale, um, Darkness on the Edge of Town, I feel like that was so important, because I felt like we were finally kind of getting back to, like, season three land, and everybody was kind of getting back to normal, because I, I know you haven't seen it, but Snow actually feels like she's getting back to herself in this episode you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Hey, everyone's so crazy, but, I mean, I, I feel like we're finally getting back to our characters, but I don't, I don't know. But Regina's still the most balanced female character. <laughs> I mean, this just even if what they're doing is contrived and weird, they're doing really interesting things with gender dynamics, and I like it. Even if it's not all great all the time, and it's not all correct. And, and it might not be all, like, people of color friendly and, like, LGBT friendly all the time. Yeah. But they're doing interesting things, and I think it's, it's, it's fun what they're doing. You know what I really um, want? And I and I and I might be heavily influenced because you and I have role played this and stuff. I really want to see a gay couple, and I would really love to see Archie in a gay relationship. I wouldn't say that. Also, sweater vests—they mean several things. That's one thing they could mean. Hey, Chandler being in Friends had sweater vests, and he married Monica. <laughs> that was the '90s. Different rules. Well, this is apparently '80s all the time in once. <laughs> No, I think I think Archie would be a very and like I will say like Ruby and Archie is one of my favorite ships. Like I really love them together. But I think Archie would make a really sweet uh, gay man and would have a really great partner. And I think he would be. I think that would be a great role. And I think Mr. Savard would be actually like be really able to play it very well. Well, I think that they had an op- they had the opportunity pretty much with any of their characters to go in in many ways because. They are not locking anyone's genitals down because everyone can do pretty much anything they want. I think that pretty much anyone could swing any direction they wanted them to do and just because and it's all very open. And a lot of that is, like, I think that's why Emma has so many ships. Like, you know, like, the swan queeners are just as strong as the captain swans. And they both have very good arguments and, and both things. The only difference is captain swans actually canon. But, I mean, you can't deny that Emma and Regina have a really great relationship. Oh, yeah, and goodness, I tend not to even ship women together, and I was like, geez, Elsa and Emma, get a room! Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think this show leaves, because it shows many different possible friendships and many different possible trust dynamics and leaves it, leaves it open for many different ways that people can be, which is not something you see often. And I do agree with your very last note, the lack of shirtlessness with the men is sad. We we touched on that earlier, but... Though I do think it's really funny that the only shirtless man that's ever been on Once Upon a Time is Graham, and now Jamie Dornan's doing Fifty Shades of Grey. Against his will, poor man. Poor man. He's the new Robert Pattinson. Well, that's mm. all I have for sex in Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Sexy Time. Yeah, once Upon a Sexy Time. Well, that's all for now. Yeah, well, for, uh, thank you so much, Megan, for coming on my show and talking sex in Once Upon a Time with me. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. All right. Well, if you want to find me, um, I just recently started working with What the Fangirl. It's whatthefangirl.com. It's easy to find. And I also have my own blog called geekygirlexperience.com. And as always, you can follow me at Hope Molinax at on Twitter. I had to think about that for a second. Let's say at Hope Molinax at Twitter. But anyway, and I'm sorry if anybody is offended by this episode. I'm sorry, Mr. Saka. <laughs> Mr. Saka. Yeah, I don't think they're ever going to listen to this. <laughs> well, even if they do, I don't think we were offensive 
depending on some other things people might say. Dear listeners, please do not send this to any of the actors and or writers or casting crew members. Thank you. (laughs) This is merely for fun. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to Hope Hall Trades and wherever you are. uh, Thank you for listening. Have a great time of the day. And thank you, Megan. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye. I think it's time to blow this scene. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, let's jam. Okay.